Well, 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 what a weekend, huh? Aggie baseball, softball, basketball, track and field. We'll talk all about it. Not all about it, but pretty much all about it here on Tex Ags Radio. Presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. It is the Go Hour, presented by the warehouse at CC Creations. We've got the man, the myth, the legend himself, Billy Lucci, coming on later. Oh, and of course, Olin Buchanan's here with us as well. OB, good morning, sir. Good morning. It is a good morning after such a good weekend of Aggie sports. So we're going to do a lot of basketball this hour, and we're going to do a lot of baseball in the next hour, but we'll have some basketball in that hour as well. In fact, let me give everybody a little update. We've got uh, OB for this first hour. Schloss calling in at 9.05. Bronnie will help me with that. We have, uh, I'm going to run a little bit of my interview with Quentin Jackson. He came in the studio on Friday. We had such a great conversation. I highly recommend that. And uh, we'll have uh, Buzz on the show at 9.45. Billy joined me for that. And Billy for the final hour of the show. Speaking of, of Q, I told him, I said, I think you can win the dunk contest. I didn't win. I didn't watch this year. I, obviously, I didn't win it. I didn't watch. I, I know you didn't. No. Oh. But... Uh, Apparently, there was a lot of names in it that nobody knew. Mm, I, you know, there's probably a lot of names that I would have known anyway because yeah. I'm not a big NBA guy. But um, I actually saw the name of the guy I think won it, and I've Mac already forgotten McClung it. Mac McClung. Name. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Played in, I think, five NBA games. He's been a G Leaguer most of the year. Well, I'll say this. Uh, I wouldn't bet against Quentin Jackson if he ever got that opportunity. No. No, he, and that guy can he can sky as they used to say back in the day. So I told do they him still this. say that. Yeah, yeah, do they yeah. still say you can they sky. they do. We they, don't, but they okay, do. Okay. Um, so whoever I told, they are, whoever those people are, I really like. I asked him, like, do you ever think about what if you would have stayed? Like, and he said, yeah, all the time. I think really? about it all the time. Huh. He made the right choice for him. He's playing in the NBA right now. <laughs> He's got a two way contract. He's scoring. He scored with what? against the Warriors with Draymond facing him up. Like, I mean, the guy is living his dream, right? And uh, he's doing it well, and he wants to keep growing at it. But uh, he, I did ask him, like, could you imagine you on this team? He gave me that look like, let's go. Like, but uh, he, he's still big brother to all those basketball guys. Uh, I loved covering uh, mm-hmm. Quentin Jackson. He was such a, a pleasure to work with, and he was so much fun to watch play. But, but you know – this team that they have now without him is so much fun to watch play, and I love covering them. Well, that, that that's the point. Like, and they legit. I don't. Coaches say this. You know, you you focus on one game at a time. I feel like they really do. There's no coach speak there. They're just they got to put their head down. Who's next? Missouri. What do they do well? All right, let's take this away from mm-hmm. them. Outside of Kobe Brown, they couldn't hit a lot of threes. Yeah, in fact, really, Kobe Brown was the only guy that was a problem for them. He's a really good player. That should happen. Yes. Like, that happens. Signed with A and M. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's another story. But uh, but yeah, I mean, he was the he was the one fly in the ointment that kept Missouri somewhat in the game, right? But beyond that, and their own um, once they got their own turnover issues figured out, and they had a lot, and they, oh, they had like thirteen in the first twelve minutes. Yeah, you know, something crazy like that. But anyway, uh, they were in control. Yeah, such a such a. Good basketball weekend. And then I was keeping up with baseball. Wait, hold on. Is that Jason Lavalette with another home run? Maybe. I got to see this guy. He's a big dude. Well, I'm used to seeing Broninger every day. So I'm, you know, big dudes. But am I desensitized? Big in an athletic performance. Oh, Could be a wrestler. 
kind of big. Well, now, but see, you you lost me at the wrestler part because not like, like WWE superstar, not like sumo wrestler. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah all right. Yeah. No, that that guy. Look at this. I mean, two homers on. I believe that was the Saturday. Can you imagine game. Broniger in one of those sumo wrestler getups? Yeah, I could absolutely see. It. Uh, in fact, I think I've seen it. Oh, uh, I would. I, I think I might vomit. Well, there's that. There, there is that. But baseball wise, look, <laughs> K Nagley's over there laughing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Get back to baseball. So back to baseball. <laughs> uh, we we have Nathan Detmer doing Nathan Detmer things. Uh, I saw this note, and, and in fact, I'll talk to uh, Schloss a little bit about it later. He's the first Aggie since I think 2001 to have opening day starts in consecutive years. How about that? Yeah, and he sounds had, like he played quarterback here, right? Uh, <laughs> he he uh, had eight strikeouts. I believe five of those were looking. So uh, he was bringing it. He was bringing it. Uh, and not every team that's supposed to be really good did well this weekend. By the way, I was going to say Austin Boast had a huge home run. Austin Boast had one. Yeah, I noticed the Texas Longhorns got kind of a. A preview of what's to come when they join the SEC. Yeah, they got swept. 0 for 3 against three different SEC teams. Arkansas, Vandy, Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. Vandy yesterday. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that wasn't even close. No. No, but... Uh, and then, I wish it had been A&M playing the Commodores. I read uh, I read Richard Zane's article on the game yesterday. He talked about being easy a Sunday morning. Mm. He was quoting Lionel Richie. Said, oh, if I was only against the Commodores, how perfect. But well, we may you can't to, have it all. We may have that next segment, by the way. See, whenever you mention a song, I always try to put the little bug in, in Sean's ear. I like that song. But, uh, yeah, look, there's a long baseball season to go, right? And they'll be back at it on Tuesday. But the bottom line is I have a lot of belief on this team. In this team, I, we all love their coach. Offensively, you know that – like what was it the uh, the game Saturday where it took the offense a little while to get going? No, it was, it was Friday. Friday, it took, yeah. Yeah, it took the the offense a little while to get going. You can't keep them quiet for too long. They're just, they're gonna come. Like yesterday was it seven runs in the last couple of innings of the game? Uh, I guess I just know that you know I was keeping up with it as best I could. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like the time bomb, right? Yep. Is it is it gonna is it gonna go off soon or or, or later? But it's going to go off. Yeah, they did score uh, runs in the seventh and eighth inning, including a Stanley Tucker were getting his first hit, double there. So home run powered uh, by the eighth inning. Trevor Warner, Ryan Targotch hit back to back dingers. So offensively, you know they can. Do oh, it. so was it was it Targotch that had the long? Yes. Th- okay, I got him. Both my, did that both have one this weekend. Both did okay, have one this so I'm weekend. Just gonna, see, there's just too many home runs for me to keep up with. You know, that was the thing. Like, I was, I was kind of reviewing my, my notes from the weekend this morning. I'm like, I'm not going to remember which game was what because you had three baseball games, which we're, we get used to after a while, the basketball game, and the upcoming basketball game with Tennessee. Huge! Softball had like a 1,000 games this weekend. They looked really good as well. Like, yeah. there was just a lot going on. A lot of good things going on. Just the way it's supposed to be. Well, it's supposed to be in every sport here. Well, we're going to get into this basketball game a little bit more. Tennis uh, did something good, I think. Tennis, always, like, they're like, yeah, you just, they're a power. You don't want to take it for granted, but you can almost oh. take it for granted. Can I read something real quick? It has read nothing something. to do with what we have. I mean, he may get mad at me for reading this out loud. I'm, I'm going to find him. Are you familiar with a gentleman who works here by the name of Tomas Romo? Uh, well, I think so, but uh, the term gentleman through He's through a good me. guy. Good okay, kid. Okay. Good kid. 
So, you know, his big thing on this show to upset me in the world has been that LeBron is better than Michael. Like, he, uh, he likes to bring that see, up. See, right there. But hold on. I got a text. He probably doesn't want me to read him this, but too bad. I got a text from him at 536 yesterday. I've been re-watching The Last Dance and have been doing my own research, and I will admit, I think you're right, Jordan is the greatest of all time. And will he next admit that the sky is blue? That's coming next. Okay. Yeah. He hasn't gotten there yet. He hasn't come around there just yet. Let's go uh, behind the glass and say good morning to Nick Savage, our executive producer. director. Howdy. Good morning, y'all. Howdy. Oh, just busy, busy weekend for all. Um, yeah, like you said, I've, I've been back here just trying to grind out some graphics, and there's just so much going on. I don't know which baseball player to highlight. I mean, Jace, obviously, hitting the two home runs. Uh, got to catch a little bit of that Saturday game, and, man, he's going to be something to watch. And softball was fun to watch this weekend as well. They went 3-2 and two in their tournament, uh, dropped a close one in Nebraska, uh, I guess, on Sunday. Or, pardon me, Saturday night. Um, and, you know... Wish you could have picked that one up, but uh, either way, they're off to a hot start, and it, it's just so much fun right now. Lots going on, and biggest basketball game of the season coming up tomorrow. Huge. Yeah, and uh, I think, if I'm, if I'm remembering, remembering correctly, softball got two ranked wins this weekend. I think, I guess they two, did, right? yeah. They, the they beat number 15 Arizona and number 20 UCF. Yep. Good stuff, though. Let's go to the News and Social Center. I know Kay Nagley's got a little bit more information on that softball game. Plus, by the way, Let's text the show, shall we? We can do it together. I'll do it at the same time as you. 979-693-1150. That is the AMB uh, text line, AMB call station branch of the Amarillo National Bank, Good Texas Banking, and the website, amb.com. You can also call us and tell us your thoughts on the great weekend that it was for Aggie Sports. Kay, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are y'all? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. It's a good, it's, it was a fun weekend. I had a lot of fun watching all these different sports win. Um, it, it was it was good to see. So yeah, like you said earlier, softball Trisha Ford and her squad had a very good weekend as they went three and two in the Clearwater Invitational. The Aggies defeated two ranked opponents. Number fifteen Arizona defeated them two to one. Number twenty UCF defeated them seven zero, and then took down Sl- South Florida as well five to one. Um, this upcoming weekend they will head to the Mary Nutter College Classic. Um, starting on Thursday, will they will they will face Cal State Northridge. Oklahoma, who they faced at the end of last season, UCLA, and Utah Valley. So hopefully they can continue their success. Yep. And uh, Forrest in Wellican, big fan of the show, says, uh, how about the uh, props for Sam Bennett? Sam Bennett did have a big weekend. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to go to the Genesis Invitational playing with Tiger and John Ram and all that. Uh, but he it was actually in Hawaii this weekend, and he ends up winning with a 61-capped uh, win. So congratulations to... Uh, Sam Bennett, who's awesome at everything he does. Great week. Great weekend. Yep. Got to have a lot more great weekends. Got to have a great Tuesday night. Yep. Well, we can get into a little bit more of that uh, here when we come back. I I do want to, though, talk about this little streak, and I don't know if I can say little anymore. How many games has Wade Taylor been dominating? Like five? Well, in the last four games, he's scored at least 18 points in each of the last – at least in each of the last four games. Um. He's, I think he had some turnover issues against Missouri, but everybody did. Yep. But up until then, he had been uh, like, like four turnovers ter- total. Uh, he, you know, he's he's automatic at the free throw line. Playing at he's playing at all conference level right now. Yes, yes. We'll talk about him when we come back. But uh, this little streak that he's on, yes, consecutive games of eighteen plus or more, four. But it actually goes back all the way to January of how. 
high of a level he's been playing. Maybe not the greatest shooting percentage in a couple of those games, but uh, it has certainly picked up. We'll talk about that when we come back. How are you feeling with joint pain, buddy? Uh, you know, uh, I feel it every day, of course, yeah. you know, but yeah. I've learned to live with it. But you don't have to. Don't have to. No. Why not? Well, I, well, first off, QC Kinetics is in town, so that's a big reason for it. And because you don't have to get steroids or medicine to feel better. You can just, like, use your own body to help your body get better. How, how do you do that? Well, that's a scientific uh, process that I'm not qualified to tell you exactly how, but I can tell you what they're telling me. Um, and it's awesome because I know a lot of people here in town have been going there and getting regenerative medicine because uh, you can get lasting relief without drugs or surgery quickly. Uh, and QC Kinetics, they're the nation's leader in that, in that treating and treatment. They have highly concentrated healing agents from your own body. They restore and repair damaged joint tissue. So like you, you've got joint pain, you've got arthritis, you've got it all. I've got it all. I've got, it hurts in my neck, it hurts in my shoulders, it hurts in my knees. Sometimes it hurts in my ankles, well, my hands. You, you, I hurt. You I'm are like Johnny Cash. Well, you're yeah, yeah. You are Johnny Cash. Kind of look like him too. You need to go there, so no downtime, so you can get back to running a four four forty and lifting three hundred pounds. That's what we need you to do. So go to QC Kinetics. Maybe they can't help you with that, but uh, they'll take great care of you. Um, and folks just like you and me uh, who are sick of living with joint pain out there, don't put it off any longer. Call QC Kinetics now for a free consultation with a local medical professional. Their phone number, 979-452-6000, QC Kinetics, 979-452-6000. That's 979-452-6000. You can sing this for a little bit, Obi. Go ahead. You know, I'm... Not a singer? I'm really not, huh. you know. You want to try? I'm easy like Sunday morning. See, I'm more of the talker. But my my talking boy, and Kay Nagley's over there swaying to the, you know. To, she looks like she should be holding up a lighter. Right. You know? We've lost the range here on the show. That was, good. that was a good tune back in the 80s. It's still a good tune. Yeah, but it was really... But it was, it was big. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Are you familiar Huge. with it, Kay? Uh, that is a good, great song. I'm very familiar with that. Okay. A good oh. what song? I said that's a great song. Like oh, Tony go, the Ti- oh, great. great. Oh, okay. Like Tony the Tiger yeah, would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Great. Are you <laughs> familiar with Tony the Tiger? Yes, I know Tony okay. the Tiger. Yeah, very nutritious breakfast, by the way. <laughs> Texags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Let's talk a little Wade Taylor, all right? So he has been, by the way, and I don't, I'm not, this is not a shot at Boots at all, but I think Boots has not been as visible the last couple games, right? I mean, he's been fine. He's been great, but he hasn't been the catalyst the way it has been. And they've, they've all taken the baton from each other at certain times. There was the Julius Marble stretch. Henry Coleman had a stretch. Um, Boots has had many stretches. Like, he is still, like, a closer for this team. Wade Taylor recently. Look at that. 10 of 10 from the free throw line. Um, he did have the turnovers, which were a problem early in that game. But 21 points... Six assists, take it all day. And I told you that his this little streak, at least from a point total, dates back to January 25th. And, and these weren't as eye-popping as the most recent stretch. But at that time, in, let's see, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games, he's gone 15, 14, 18, 8, 22, 23, 18, and 21. This has been a consecutive, um, a, a nice stretch with one game below 10 points. And in that game, he shot two of eight. There was another game he shot one of seven. But other than that, he's been more around his numbers. Yeah, I, he's always been good. But I think in the last four games in particular, he has taken it to another level. Mm-hmm. He has made that jump that you go between good and great. Right now, he's great. Now, can he sustain that? Well, he's been sustaining it. 
and surely sure hope he can sustain it tomorrow because he's got a heck of a challenge going against uh, Ziegler from Tennessee. But uh, uh, right, you'd be hard pressed to find anybody in the SEC playing better than him right now. Yeah. I know he had a great um, argument last week to be SEC Player of the Week, and probably rightly so. It went to the big kid from Vanderbilt, but he's he'll probably be a big contender for this week. I mean, yep. that's he's just playing at the highest level of his career. And, uh, yeah, you hope it keeps going on. I've decided it's going to be a policy for me, and it's going to be hard to stick to this policy, but not to talk about the what-ifs out there. Because we live in a world of transfer portal and people going to the pros and yada, yada, yada. So I'm going to try not to always preface if he stays, because I think my, my assumption is these guys are staying, and that's how I want to be my standing protocol, right? This is... Like, I'm not thinking about the – because there's, there's too many ifs out there in this world. So right now, Wade Taylor is already playing at this level, right? Imagine a year from now. Like, another year like this. We're, we're watching the growth happen. We knew he had talent his freshman year. He improved a little bit when the season started. He's a different player right now. What he's been right now is consistently good. Yep. Um, uh, consistently excellent. Um, yeah, he's just a different player right now. It's – it's he, he's he's just just breaking out before our eyes, you yep. know. Just it's like when a when you know as as a parent will know, like your kids like mine five four, and then it seems like overnight it doesn't happen overnight, but it seems like, and all of a sudden you look up, he's six five. Yeah. Boom! Where did this growth spurt come from? Well, Wade Taylor's in a massive growth spurt right now yes he, he is and it's uh and i think talking heads are noticing it like these broadcasters when they they weren't focusing on wade very much i'd say a month ago now they're all talking about wade taylor well if you're paying attention you would be yeah. right uh i still wonder how many people are nationally are paying attention to texas saying that i think you have to like at this point like, I, I was talking to some folks that don't really follow college basketball this weekend at a soccer tournament, and they were like, oh, your basketball team's doing really good recently. So I think it's, it's starting to resonate that the team is legit, right? Still good. regional. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I didn't talk to a lot of folks from Seattle. But <laughs> to be honest with you, I haven't been really paying attention outside of this, this conference. Like, I, I know well, what's happening in the Big 12, and I know what's happening in the SEC. Uh, a little bit of the ACC, but it's, it's been really what's happening – on this campus. I'm talking about the guy, the national media, that their job is to know everything that's going mm -hmm. on. And I think there's still more con uh, focus on, well, is North Carolina going to get in? You know, the, the, the same people they always talk about. And, you know, you see that A&M, Lenardi moved him up to a nine, a nine seed. But this was before the game, right? This is after. He's, they're a oh, nine. after now. the – He's got them right now as a nine seed playing number eight Rutgers in the first round. And if they win, they got Houston. Yeah, I think he had that on Friday as well, though. Okay. I think, yeah, because we talked about that on the show. I thought I was looking at it. Uh, yeah. It says updated with the – It does, but he updated it on the 17th. So that was – right, they played okay. the 18th? Am I right about that? Yes. Um, now, it's very possible. It looks like he – Yeah, he updated it the 17th at 8 a.m. Their, their net ranking is up to 28. Or 29, 29 or 28. They're in the top 30 now with a net ranking. Yeah. Um, but let me ask you this. 
how high can they go? Like, can this team, if they if they go, I'm just going to say split between Alabama and Tennessee, they finish second in the SEC. Are they a four seed, a five seed? Uh, I think I think uh, their best case scenario is a six seed. Okay. I mean, I'm no expert on it, right? I had them in the yeah. tournament last year, so I'm no expert. Yeah, we're on all it. we're all guessing here. But um, if you let's say if you went beat Tennessee, Mississippi State, those are two. Uh, I well, believe quad, quad one wins, yep. and then you know don't strip against Ole Miss. You go three and two, and at least play it. No, I'm saying three and one. Three and one, okay. Give me a win in Nashville, at least one. I don't know, you know. I would think a uh, a uh, a five seed is possible, or a six seed is possible. If you beat Bama and you beat Tennessee, oh gosh, uh, are we talking four seed? I would think five is probably the best. Case scenario, probably. I, you know, everybody's gonna, and maybe rightly so, hold Walford against them, right? Even though we all know it's not the same team, they had, you know, they had to figure things out. But are we ever gonna trust a committee again? No. Do committees ever give A and M a break? Let me tell you what I know is happening. There, it's probably not happening right this second, but it's going to be happening. There is not one coach in the country that wants A and M to be a low seed, because they don't want to be a you know a higher seeded team having to play Texas A and M in the first or second round. And especially, uh, Tap Vance was pointing this out to me at breakfast the other day, and uh, he's right. He said, you know, who's really well, the the team that's really going to have a problem with A and M in the tournament is if A&M gets by the first team. And you've got one day to figure out what A&M does yep. defensively that's different from everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing if I've got, okay, i got a week to like study these guys. But if i got one day, so get past that first game, you know, we'll see. I mean, this could be a, this could be a Sweet 16 type of team. Now, we're getting way ahead of the only The only focus should be on beating Tennessee tomorrow night. And if you do that – how do you not jump in to the – if you're a nine now, how do you not jump to be a seven if you beat Tennessee? Are they, in your eyes, 100% in the tournament no matter what happens the rest of the way? Um, I would think as long as you beat Ole Miss, you're in. I agree. You don't want another of those quad four losses, you know, be another big – pimple on your nose before the prom right you don't want to be Marsha Brady and break her nose before the prom so there's work to do I get that reference I know no one else I mean you well, our, our audience probably does are you saying we have an older audience yeah there? I think so yeah yeah I think we skew real young I think we're like 18 to 22 is soft spot yeah they, they love what we do Nigley kind of kind of has a Marsha Brady look about well, her I don't know if I'm gonna go there are you familiar with Marsha Brady? I don't know what she looks like, so I don't know yeah, whether to take hair, that as a compliment kind of straight, or an insult. Straight. She was the attractive sister, right? Yeah, Is that how you the say oldest it? sister. I she need to the, look her up now. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Well, the, anyway. There's, anyway. The, there's the movie version. Anyway, you don't want to be that. You don't want to get your, the, the, the nose broke before the prom. Yeah. And that would be the – Ole Miss would be the broken nose. Do not get a broken nose before that one. No, sir. All right, uh, let's hit a break. When we come back, 
Can we get the turning point, OB? Yeah. What, what do you think the turning point was in the game? Don't tell me right I now. I got an idea. You have an idea? I think you do, too. We'll talk about that. But right now, we're talking Milliken Reserve. No giraffes. We talked about that the other day. They got squirrels. Well, we, got, we all got squirrels, right? We, yeah. That's not what makes them special. They've got wide open spaces. Well, not a lot of places have the wide open spaces they have. And their mission is to build a healthy community around nature. They've done that. 2,600 acres of open space, farms, and trails. And, you know, they got the rabbits, which I love seeing. And they've got the turtles, which, you know, I, I like to see them from far away. I don't want to touch them. And they got uh, the deer. You touch turtles? You pick yeah, them up Yeah, I picked up turtles before. Yeah? yeah? Lizards? Yeah. Frogs? Yeah. Is that whole frog thing true? About wards? Yeah. No. Okay. Just making sure. No. All right. Just... Not that that has anything to do But it's really toads on warts, not frogs. Ah, but they would say it about But it's probably not true on the toads either. Somebody's going to, you know, email the show or text the show and tell us that it is true. But it's okay because uh, we're talking about Millican Reserve, not about frogs. But they got it all out there, and hopefully you can go check it out. It's a place you can go live, obviously. They have great houses out there. But it's a place you can just go hang out and enjoy nature. Hiking, biking, canoeing, kayaking, equestrian trails, evening yoga, summer camps, music festivals, you name it. They have it all there. Check out the website, MillicanReserve.com. That is MillicanReserve.com. Love this song. It's, it's disturbing. It's a disturbing song. Bob my head to it. <laughs> Bob my head to it, yeah, no doubt. He's, uh, he was a, a legend. That was his last great hit. Was it? To my knowledge. Okay. Oh, this, this is the best part. Yeah, I do feel like taking a nap or crying. Who sings this? Johnny Cash. Oh. I, I do so we're talking about how I hurt. The name of the song is Hurt. Oh. I need QC, kinetic, or Kinetics. Kinetics. Because I hurt like Johnny Cash. I feel like I, like I need to curl up in a little ball and like be sad. Now I think about it. Uh, it's, it's not a happy song. No, it's a great song, but not a happy song. This is a happy show, though, because we had a great week on Texas Radio. Presented by David Gardner Jewelers in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Got to say hi to my friends on YouTube. Hi to my friends at TexAgs.com. And, of course, the CW and The Zone. It is the Go Hour presented by The Warehouse at CC Creations. Got some text messages to get to on the A&B text line in a moment. OB, turning point of the game was? You know, I'm going to say Buzz did it again. There's about 6.53 and... Missouri's making a charge and cut it to eight. Mm-hmm. And eight's is still good, a good uh, lead. But, you know, Missouri's at home. And, again, they're, they, they, uh, they just hit a three-pointer to cut it to three. Uh, they've been on a run. Buzz calls timeout. Just like he did in the previous game. Mm-hmm. And about a minute and a half later, what I thought was the play of the game. Boots Radford, top of the key, a mm. little bit to the to the right, weaves inside, goes up against six ten Muhammad Diara, six two Boots Radford, inside underneath the basket or just in front of the basket with six ten Muhammad Diara, fully extended, makes body contact, doesn't get the whistle, makes body contact, and Boots still is able to score over him. Gives them that 10-point lead. Um, it was never in doubt again. Here's what I have been so impressed by. For, so if I were to tell you some, some not obvious slash obvious things about A&M, typically they can get off to an early lead and they'll keep it going. Or they'll close, right? They're, they are 
a book cover, right? They, they close and they start well, both, typically. The other thing is, I think they are really good when a team is making a run at stopping the run. So a team gets it within eight, the momentum is going, they'll hit a big three. They'll get fouled in the bucket. They'll make a big steal. They are so good at stopping momentum and bringing it back to their side. Because there are a couple times in that game against Missouri where they get it tight and you're like, ah, oh, it might be a game. And look, it was a game, but it wasn't, if that makes any sense, OB. It was becoming a game. Yep. A&M put out the fire. You know, they, they called the fire department, and it was uh, Boots Radford, and he came out and put out the fire. Just uh, I can't remember who put it out against Arkansas. But, again, uh, in that game, Arkansas is making a charge. Buzz calls timeout. I think Arkansas scored like seven in a row. Mm-hmm. Buzz calls timeout. About, about nine and a half minutes ago, A&M dominates the last nine minutes. I don't know what he said, but just same way. He calls the timeout with about 6.53. A&M's in complete control the rest of the game. It's that voodoo that he do so well. I don't know what he says, but whatever he's saying, it's working. Um, and and I think they feel like Boots is that guy. Yeah. You know, when you – Wade Taylor's playing out of his mind. But I think when you – you know, positively, what was the uh, old uh, – uh, company that used to deliver when you absolutely positively have to have it overnight federal FedEx, express yeah. he's like that when you positively absolutely have to have a bucket at that point i think you go to boots radford and for him to make that shot over a guy that again is a foot taller than him has his arms extended makes body contact and you still make the shot i wasn't even a doubt i mean right. such a good uh you know that was amazing and then that that shot all but nailed it down. Yeah, no, I agree. They're just a. We've said it, how many times we say it. We're going to keep saying it. They're just a tough-minded team, and I'm starting to believe that I'd take toughness over talent. Not that they're not talented, but I think I'd take toughness over talent every every day, especially on Tuesday. Toughness over talent against Tennessee on Tuesday. Can we get a Texas shirt that says "Toughness over talent"? Well, we should because it's a T-shirt. I like that. So here, here's my vision. We start modeling like shirts that people are going to want to buy, like yeah. right, and like with toughness over talent. Ob, that's his shirt. That's what he wears, right? Yeah. What would be Billy's shirt? Uh, lunch over luch. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what would be Zayn's shirt? I, I, I like going to just, just spider. It'd just be a picture of a spider. Dalton's. Oh, man, you're putting me on the spot here. I know. Dal- you're, you're good at this. What would we say about Dalton? In a shirt. In a shirt. Uh, I don't know. You, I, he I, runs things. Dalton's like a, like, kind of like a boss. Run thing. I was just going to maybe just have some stains on it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dalton. All right, what's my shirt? Oh, it's first of all, it has no sleeves. I've, when have you ever seen me next year sleeves? Nuno? You next have year, to yeah, have mine would be next year Nuno. Nuno. You're right. Yeah, but see, he's coming around. See, he is. He's not but talking so see, much about next year. It's 2023, so it technically it is next is year. year. It's this year, but I still think maybe next year. <laughs> what, <laughs> maybe. What, are we, what are we talking about here? <laughs> I, I just think, see, last year, 2022, you're saying next year a lot. It's now next year, so maybe it would be one of those. We, you know, we, but still, it might say next year on it. But it would still be one of those shirts that you buy at the beach that looks like you're all jacked, but you're not. The sleeves are a little <laughs> bit tighter. They, they make them that tighter. way. 
yeah. I hate that I have to explain this to you people. <laughs> you people. So often. You people. I don't have money for new wardrobe. I used to be super frail, thin, skinny. It was disgusting. I am now, I eat a normal food. It's not that I have tight sleeves on purpose. I just can't afford them. He just You're just jacking, you know, it's he's, okay. He's uh, freaking Bruce Banner when he's pissed <laughs> off. Have you, well, this is true. Have you ever seen me without a sleeve? Yes. No, you have. I've worn it once to the gym, and Billy made a big deal about it, and I stopped. I may do it today. Okay, I've seen you short sleeves. Okay. Never Rolled sleeves. up. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, OB. I'm going to start making fun of you, too. All right. I'm the I'm one start. guy. You just start. Like, people don't do make I, fun of me all the time. How often do I make fun of you? Everybody makes fun of me. I don't make that fun of you. Okay. Oh, no. Do I? Okay. Am I, am no, I, you just always talk about how you're going to kick my ass. I don't th- have I done that? Yes. Because I would. Oh, I but- beat up Owen. Oh, we're going <laughs> to. Okay. But Owen, Good. we both know. I don't know. Okay. My money's on Nuno. Yeah. Sorry, OB. This is, this is you my- know what? I'll give you nunchucks. I'm still winning. Everybody's uh, money was on was against the Aggies at one time. True. Are we talking about the totality of the season or against LSU? Oh, you're talking about basketball. I'm talking about basketball. Oh, you brought it right back. Look at you. Yeah. Get back. Somebody's got to put this thing back on. Yeah, track. yeah. Well, basketball wise, if you aren't a believer now, you're never going to be. True, it's true. And, and you look at this game tomorrow night against Tennessee, and I think it's their biggest game since they beat Kentucky on this date seven years ago. Tyler Davis putting the yeah. put back at the buzzer, and they ended up sharing a uh, SEC championship. Uh, now, obviously, if they get by Tennessee. Alabama becomes Alabama, them. but you've got a you. Tennessee is your biggest obstacle, and there's I, I don't know where they're going to be ranked today, but Tennessee is your biggest obstacle until Alabama, and that and if you can get by Tennessee, then you have a great chance. You still got work to do, but you'll have a great chance uh, to be hosting Alabama with the SEC championship on the line. Great or at least a, a share of it on and, the line. And it becomes the most important game since that – maybe even bigger than that Kentucky game. But as of tomorrow night, that will be the biggest game since. Game since. Yeah. And speaking of Kentucky, they are, what, three games back in the standings? They, uh, in the SEC standings? I believe they're, they got five is it, losses. Is it three? Um, yeah, I yeah. believe they have. So you, you have a, a nice, comfortable lead. You knock them out with a win. Uh, yeah, you're the you clinch no worse than the number two seed in the SEC tournament with the with a win, but with a win you get even more than that, right? Because you yep. get this huge bump, uh, I think, in your net. Or I say huge, uh, significant, because you know you're still it's going to be a it's going to be a quad one win. Yep. Um, and um, you put yourself in a great position. You still got to beat Mississippi State. You still got to beat Ole Miss. Two teams you should beat. Yeah. But this is the biggest obstacle between you and, and a chance to play for a championship against Alabama. And who would have even, who would have even, in their wildest imagination, just a few weeks ago, have said A and M would even have a chance to even talk yeah. about playing for a championship? Yeah. And by the way, you can almost say the same thing. Not as much as A and M, but Kentucky's right back in the mix. Kentucky's got the same record as Tennessee, and they've won a couple in a row. They're at nine and five. They're three games behind A and M, just like Tennessee is. They, you know, you know, the demise of Kentucky are were way exaggerated. Not saying that they are the program that they should be, but they they have a they have a highlight. There's a chance they could finish second, third, or fourth in the SEC. Yes, there's a chance, but 
Look at their remaining schedule. Who do they got? Because well, um, I mean, A and M's got ten, Tennessee and in, uh, Bama. That's that's pretty hard. Uh, my computer's now. I'm they just, got Florida. I'm, they've got Auburn. They got Vandy. They got Arkansas. That none of that's easy. No, no, but that's well, not maybe an Florida. Florida's kind of easy now. They're not the same Florida team. Not without Castle. Yeah. So so they won't. And Auburn, I, I don't think they're as good as what we thought, but they, those two teams are jockeying for position, so potentially they're, they're playing for that four seed there. Um, Vandy, they should win. Arkansas. Whoa, 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 whoa. Vanderbilt's playing basketball now. They found themselves. They've done their – they've won five in a row. They're kind of Is like, it five in a row? They're kind of like A&M now. Uh, they found whatever, whatever was working whatever against them. They fixed it. At, they fixed it. Yeah. And they got the big – part of it is they got the big kid back, Liam uh, Robbins or however he says his name. Yep. I'm looking at Vandy, and yeah, they've won five in a row. They're now eight and six in the conference. And look, look who they've beaten in that five games. Let's go to that, shall they beat we? They've beaten Auburn. They've beaten Tennessee. They beat Tennessee, yeah. They beat Ole Miss, which happens. They beat Florida. They beat Auburn. Yeah, look at that. And they got LSU coming up next. And has LSU won? Once. Okay, once since that big Beat Arkansas. I think in the first game. Look at that. So, that's it. Yeah, they're 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 in the in the middle of a huge losing streak. Was it fourteen now? Goodness gracious! All right, let's hit a break. We'll come back with uh, around Agadan. Sorry, Kay, it took me a little bit to uh, get to that. Fargo's time. Ob's favorite place. One of mine as well. Love going there. Nine seven nine seven seven eight three six six two. One of the best far, uh, barbecue joints in the country. Top fifty according to Texas Monthly, and uh, we appreciate what they do. It is a little place where the food is so good. The food is big, 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 good. Big portions. Great. Uh, meal the sauce is amazing out there um, it's just a really good place to go that sells out on their specials early so they encourage you to call in and get those pickup orders early uh, they aren't open on monday because they're getting ready for the rest of the week tuesday through saturday you know they're going to bring it um, and when you go there you're going to have alan belender and maurice all take great care of you so tomorrow i ask ob because he knows what do they have on the menu well i do know that they have rib tips first of all yep and then uh you know see i always Forget Tuesday because all I'm focused on the the rib tips. But is it uh, that's all they have on this right here? Is the rib tips? You know they, that, that's the special. But they got food. Like oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they got everything. You, but you, but that's the special. But that's the special. Yeah, rib tips. And once they're gone, they are gone. It's it's meat dessert. Yeah, I like the way you phrase that. Meat dessert. They're at 1701 South Texas Avenue in Bryan, without a doubt. The best barbecue in town. That's their trademark because it's true. Go check out Fargo's. Obi, hold on. Let me listen. Waylon Jennings. Waylon Jennings. Look at that. See? You should look. You should explore more in the, the music of Waylon Jennings. Yeah, yeah. Great, great musician. Great song. Okay, who sings Motorcycle Diaries? Is that Luke Bryan? What? What? Not Luke Bryan. What's the dude's name? <laughs> Luke. No, not Luke Combs. Who sings Motorcycle Diaries? I don't know what that is. Motorcycle Diaries. That I think no, you're thinking of drive-by. Motor, Sorry, yeah, motorcycle, motorcycle drive-by. Yeah, motorcycle drive-by. Zach Bryan. There we go. Oh. Motorcycle Diaries is a movie about Che Guevara, I think. Uh, motorcycle Drive-By. That's my jam right there. Tex-Tex Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. It is the Go Hour, presented by the Warehouse at CC Creations. And thank you for the text messages on the AMB text line. It is now time for Around Aggieland, presented by Norman G. State Bank. Norman G. State Bank, rock-solid banking. The website, normangstatebank.com. Kay Nagley, what is happening around town? 
Well, y'all have talked about a lot already, but just kind of refresh y'all. So men's basketball handed, handled business on the road with a 69-60 win over Mizzou this Saturday. The Aggies will now host Tennessee for a huge matchup, as OB said on Tuesday at Reed Arena at 6 p.m. Um, fans, y'all really need to be at this one. It is also a blackout game, so make sure to wear your favorite black outfit and come support the Ags on Tuesday. Uh, women's basketball will return to Reed Arena tonight. I will be covering that game as they host the Missouri Tigers at 6 p.m., but if you can't make it, uh, that game will be on SEC Network. Baseball also handled business this weekend as they opened their season with a sweep of Seattle, won 8-2 on Friday, 6-3 on Saturday, and then run-rolled uh, Seattle in eight innings, 14-2 on Sunday. The Ags will be back at Bluebell Park on Tuesday as well, so a lot of stuff going on as um, Ro- Lamar rolls into town. That will be at 5 p.m., and 5 p.m., and you can view that on SEC Network+. Plus. And then Trisha Ford and her squad had a good weekend as they went 3-2 and two in the Clearwater Invitational, taking down two ranked opponents in number 15 Arizona and number 20 UCF. Um, the, they will head to the Mary Nutter College Classic this upcoming weekend. Starting on Thursday, well, they will face Cal State Northridge, Oklahoma, UCLA, and then Utah Valley. And then lastly, the number three Texas a Equestrian team. There he goes. Um, unfortunately, it fell this weekend to Yay. number two TCU, fifteen to four at the Bear Creek's farm, Bear Creek Farms on Saturday. So it's a really exciting time. I know a lot of people are hyped up for this game at Reed on Tuesday, including me. Oh, I am. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's uh, biggest game since you said twenty seventeen. Uh, twenty sixteen, February twentieth, twenty sixteen, against Kentucky. Tyler Davis with the putback of a. Of uh, Daniel House miss, yeah. Put it back at the buzzer, and A and M. It was, you know, sometimes people think that 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 gave A and M a share of the championship, right? But they still had work to do. Kind of like when the U.S. hockey team beat the Russians in in uh, eighty. A lot of people think that gave them the the gold medal, but they right. still had to beat. I think uh, who did they still have to beat? Finland. That sounds right. But yes, that they was the, to, it. Was the semifinal, and it was like a foregone conclusion they were going. Yeah. Yeah. So. Clearwater. You ever been to Clearwater, Florida? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice town. It is a nice town. Man, I wonder why they did so. You know what? Do you know the very the original Hooters is, is located it, in Clearwater? Yes, I did know that. In fact, they used to have it on the menu where it says the original one was. Uh, I drove by it once. Yep. I didn't stop. Believe it or not, we only have four seconds left in the segment. Big game tomorrow. Big game. Schloss. Blackout. Schloss coming up next. Texax. All right. Texax Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Uh, we are going to be getting Jim Schlossnick on the program here momentarily. They get a uh, series sweep over Seattle. I know there's some text messages coming in that we will uh, certainly get to those here with Kay in a moment as we figure out what's going on there at the mothership. And uh, I know that Aggie men's golf had a, a big-time uh, performance this weekend as well. We talked about Sam Bennett at the top of the show. So all of those things we are chasing. As we're working on Schloss, let's, uh, let's talk to Kay Nagley. Kay, uh, you got some text messages or some uh, updates for us? Yeah, I do. Lou and Brian says, I was super impressed with the baseball freshman class. The ones that played show they belonged and played as good as the vets. Yeah, yeah, uh, I feel that. I'm sorry, I'm reading text messages or, excuse me, the chat at the, the mothership as we're speaking. So we, sh- we should have here um, Schloss in a moment. What else do you have? Give me one second. Um, Matt and San Antonio is a su- successful weekend all around. Basketball fully in control and keeping momentum before Tennessee. Baseball started the season off right with the sleep of the whole team. And base softball looks to rebuild of a schedule early on. So a lot of good things as we talked about earlier. So 
we've we've talked about it a long time. Like, look, uh, an opening series is great excitement behind it, and uh, it's a long journey. And I I, I know Schloss and company are going to take uh, each week and each step uh, slowly and, and be very patient with it. But the big expectations for this team. It was fun to watch them out there at the park, even though it was cold at times. Let's go to the hotline. We are joined by Jim Schloss, and they go, Jim, how are you? Good morning, sir. Good morning, guys. How are y'all? I'm doing well. I'm I'm well too. Uh, Bronny is not in the studio with us. It's just me this morning. Let's let's just talk about uh, your overall thoughts this weekend. Uh, obviously, a three and zero start the way you want to start, but just from what you saw and the vibe on the team. Well, first of all, I thought it was a great weekend of baseball. I thought the crowds were awesome. Um, you know, the energy in the ballpark was great. You know, to have five thousand people on a Sunday morning at 1030 was was great um, and then I thought we had a chance to really see how not just the new players react to uh, to a new season but but even the older players I thought there were some guys pressing even not just on Friday but throughout the course of the weekend um, but things eased up as we went along and and then we got um, and there's a lot of things to talk about but we got we got to see Wanting, see how he reacted in a in a start in front of a big crowd, and and Cortez yesterday, and so I think there were some good things to come out of it. Uh, we definitely uh, also learned some things that some of it I already knew that we have to get better at, um, and then of course we had the horrible injury to Minnick, which is just so I feel so horrible for the guy, um, but we'll get him back. And uh, as I told him, I'd rather have it happen the first game of the season then 30 games in and losing for the stretch run. So, uh, over, you know, overall, good weekend. Follow up with a minute thought. How, how are his spirits? And also, you unfortunately had to deal with this last year with Trevor, who got hurt early on, and he was able to obviously contribute big time at the end of the year. So there is that there that you guys have gone through this before. Yeah, we've gone through it, and we're, you know, we're a much deeper team. And I think all of those things, you know, they're horrible when they happen because you feel so bad for the player. Um, but at the same time, they make your team better um, because you, it forces you to put other guys in, and uh, that that makes your that gets those guys at bats, and then it just makes your team that much stronger. You know, when Brett comes back, that means you know guys like Wells and Stanley Tucker and and Caden Kent uh, will have more at bats under their belt. So we're it, that's just going to make it that much of a deeper team, but. Losing a guy like Minnick, um, you're not replacing that experience. Uh, I mean, he really was set to have an awesome start to the season, um, but but that's that's fine. You know, we'll we'll get through it. And I think you know his, he was absolutely crushed uh, on Friday because that's something that I mean, sliding in the first base is obviously not. There's only one situation in which you would ever slide in the first base, and that certainly wasn't it. He's never done that in his life, he told me, ever before. But I think, you know, we hadn't scored yet. That that senior lefty for Seattle was given a stitch, which I told everybody that he would. And so that was one of those, like, frustration, trying to create a base hit out of, out of nothing, and you end up with an injury. Talking to Jim Schlossnagel here on Texags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jeweler. So, you know, we obviously know that your teams have been patient at the plate. We saw it all of last year. We saw it this past weekend as well, and I think I was impressed because it's the start of the season, and sometimes people want to do something right away, right? But the the team overall was very patient. 
Yes. Oh, I, well, I think what you said, both things happened. I think we were, for the most part, patient uh, when we were in hitters' counts. However, there were some guys, um, main, mainly, honestly, veteran players um, that were over anxious, putting you know some. I think we had runners on second, and third, and that one game with less than two outs three times, and we had uh, Haas. Uh, Moss and Boast all up in th- all three occasions, and we didn't score one run. Now, it, I'll take that situation all year long because we eventually will. But I think even the veteran players were over swinging. They were, you know, when you start seeing a lot of balls hit pop ups in the infield or balls off the end of the bat or balls pulled really foul, like, you know, Boast hitting the ball foul over the top of the third base seat, like, that's just a, that's an over try. And, we're much better off when you see a guy like Werner stay on a baseball and hit a home run to right center field. You know, I mean, that's, and, and we had an inter-squad game last weekend in which we had nine extra base hits in an inter-squad game, all of them to the opposite field. And that's, that's who our team is, but that's also why you play the games to, to get the jitters out and uh, to remind everybody what, you know, what truly is successful for us. The uh, freshman this weekend, just give me some of your thoughts. I know game two, they certainly shine. Jay's had his big day, but uh, overall, what you thought from the entire group? Uh, from the freshman, I mean, I thought, I love watching Coffer catch. You know, uh, he, if you watch him, he's into every single pitch. I thought every single thing you would want out of a catcher uh, in terms of even, even managing a guy like Nathan Detmer, who's, you know, four years older, actually, uh, and in his first college game in front of, you know, seven or 8,000 screaming Aggies, he, he really caught him well. He had good, uh, Max didn't have, didn't have a hit in the weekend, but I think he walked four times, struck out once, had a sack fly. I mean, really just managed the game. If you didn't know any better, you would think he's a sophomore or junior, not a high school senior. So that was one thing. I thought Case and Wells after Brett Minnick's injury was awesome, had really good at bats played an outstanding right field, made some elite plays. Uh, and I think one thing that I had said to you guys about our team is that we're going to run better in the outfield, so we're going to play better overall defense and get to more balls, and Kaysen did that. Um, obviously, Jace, everybody loves to talk about him. Um, and Caden Kent, I was finally able to find a spot to get him in the game yesterday. He made an awesome play to his backhand and then hit the walk-off triple to finish off the run rule. Uh, and then Lampkin and uh, and Shane Sadeo, I mean, two left-handed freshmen that do nothing but throw strikes. You know, there's never been a coach that complained about a lefty that throws strikes. And so those guys, the, the challenge with them is we, we really need to keep them in a role that we don't ask too much of them too early in the season so that they're strong uh, when we get to SEC play. Talking to Jim Schlossnagel here on Texags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. I had I read this note this morning that I, I probably should have known, but I did not know. Nathan Detmer became the first Aggie to have consecutive opening day starts since 2001. Um, he had the, those eight strikeouts. Just what did you think about his performance this weekend and uh, his future? Thought he was great. Thought he was great. Uh, was aggressive with his fastball. Uh, you know, threw a couple of good breaking balls. His changeup. He didn't throw as many of them uh, in the game as he did in his last inner squad. His changeup in his last inner squad start was really his best pitch, but I thought he controlled his emotions. 
um, commanded his fastball to both sides of the plate. Um, as I told you guys, he, he, he was a little bit, he had a late start for us, uh, going into the spring just because of some nagging things, nothing serious, just a, a, some extra soreness on one day. And I, we obviously want to treat him with kid gloves. So he was on about, a, he was on about a 60 pitch count. Um, and so he started to tire out there and the, with two outs in the fourth, but, um, certainly, you know, he, he did great. I mean, really, really well. Uh, so super, super proud of Nathan. How about Ryan Targotch? He had a, a nice weekend as well. About a 300 over the weekend. He had those, those three RBIs, the home run. Uh, another one of those guys that you have come to learn to uh, expect big things from him. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, he, he he's a guy that doesn't get talked about enough. I think, I mean, I don't know if he finished with this stat, but for most of last year, he led the SEC in RBIs. I mean, everybody, it was sexy to talk about Tennessee, but the guy that led the SEC and RBIs and in, 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 in conference games was Ryan Targot. And he's, uh, you know, he's a guy that he, he can just continue to cut down on the strikeouts. He had the big two out hit on Friday to kind of take some pressure off and get us going. Uh, he played a really good first base. Uh, he played a really good second base yesterday. Um, and so, you know, that's why I call him BTU, man. He's, he, he, he's the utility guy. He can, Take out the trash, do the you know the gas, the electric, all of it. He can do it all. I know uh, you're you're totally focused on your team, but do you ever pay attention to what else is happening in college baseball and use those like when a program unfortunately loses to somebody that they are perceived to be better than, and use that as a teachable moment? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, number one, I'm a college baseball fan, but our our players realize that you know. I know it sounds coachy, but it, it's never about the best team. It's only about the team that plays the best. And um, so a- anything can happen on any given day. Uh, and that's why in the big leagues, every team's going to win 50 at least. Every team's going to lose 50. And it's those remaining 50, 62 that, that determine the champion. So, um, you know, our, our guys respect the game, but that doesn't make us immune uh, from losing to a bad team. And we aren't. There's going to be times that we aren't the best team on the field. That happened a lot last year in terms of draftable talent and stuff like that. So, But that doesn't mean we can't go play better and win the game. Talking to Jim Schlossnagel here on Texas Radio. What about Chris Cortez this weekend and uh, his ability to get back at it? Yeah, I mean, I was really excited how he pitched yesterday. And, and there are certainly areas of improvement. But he threw a lot of off-speed pitches for strikes. He finished off uh, play, uh, hitters with his breaking ball instead of just his fastball. He threw some really good uh, uh, first pitch changeups to keep people off his fastball. And what happens now is all of that gets on video. So every single team the rest of the year is going to see that. Oh, baby, you know this guy's throwing more than just his fastball. You have to respect that. It gets on the it, it gets in the analytics that everybody reads. So you. And once you have to start respecting other pitches with Cortez, um, then, you know, it makes him that much better of a pitcher. Another big part of the weekend, and this includes Cortez, is, is the way we feel that our, well, the pitchers especially feel their position. Just, Justin Lampkin had three really good plays off the mound. Cortez, who didn't have a great year last year feeling his position, started a, you know, a double play ball and a fast runner. Um, and overall, we played great knock on wood. We played good defense. So, uh, we played good defense in the outfield. We caught the ball in the infield. We caught really well, both, and not just uh, Coffer, but um, uh, 
uh, Gregson and Barnes. So uh, all of those things are good. The hitting is going to come and go. You know, the, the offense is sexy, but but fundamentally we have to be a better pitching and defensive team than last year. Jim, it's going to be a fun atmosphere on Tuesday. You all have uh, Lamar and obviously A&M basketball taking on Tennessee. Just uh, exciting times here. I know we talked a little bit about it last weekend, but uh, another day where A&M sports really dominating some of the uh, the news out there. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I'm sick to my stomach. Uh, obviously, the baseball schedule gets put together long before the basketball schedule comes out. Uh, we tried to move the Lamar game to Wednesday, you know, months ago when we saw that this was happening. But Lamar has a game on Wednesday, I think, against Kansas State. Um, I guess we could have tried to move it up to, you know, 3 or 4 o'clock, but that would have just really crushed the crowd and I think made the track. I mean, I don't know if there would be a place to park when, with student camp parking on campus. So we just decided to make it at 5 o'clock and the people can come by and and watch uh, watch us play for 45 minutes or an hour. And, and if they have a basketball ticket, I would certainly encourage them to get over to that basketball game. Um, we have plenty of baseball games left, but Coach Williams' team is on the stretch run of an awesome season. And so, I would, you know, we, we will be fine. I encourage everybody to head over to basketball if they have a ticket. And if they don't, then stay and stay and uh, watch, watch us play. Absolutely. Schloss, thanks so much, man. It was a fun weekend. Uh, looking forward to a lot more. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, David. Have a great day. Gig him. Gig him. Jim Schloss-Nagel, the Schloss. hotline. Appreciate his time as always. Right now we're talking Heritage Films. That's a uh, so I was with a bunch of soccer dads this past weekend and all talking about you know different things. One guy's telling me about his uncle. One dad guy telling me about his dad has this business. Yada yada yada. And you know, of course, I name dropped Chance McLean saying Heritage Films, dude, it'd be awesome to have a documentary about him. That's a cool story. Tell him, you know, call Chance up and have a documentary done. And he started asking me some more questions about it. Like, what do you mean? I was like, well, yeah, this my friend has this company that does documentary films for, like, normal human beings, like you, like me, like Kay, like everybody, Steve Nagley, right? We all can have a Oprah-style documentary. You get a doc, you get a doc, you get a doc. And uh, Chance does those with uh, Heritage Films. The website is yourheritagefilm.com. You can call them up at 713-893-8341. That is heritagefilms.com. Call them up and have a documentary done about your family business, about your uncle, about your dad, about yourself. Something that you can give to your kids and they can give to their kids later. It is Heritage Films, 713-893-8341, yourheritagefilm.com. What song is this? You know? Sounds... I should know it, but I don't. I kind of like it. This is some, like, some brawny Nick kind of country. The Ride. Pretty good, pretty good. I like it. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm back in the old days. Just it's like D A C. What? <laughs> you don't know. You know the D O C, right? Say that one more time. This is the D A C. Are you familiar with Mr. Coke? Do you think I'm familiar with David that? Allen Coe? Come on, you're in College Station. Mm, I don't know. I just. I just listened to my, my generation, and I don't venture out a lot. And it's, it's coming to bite me in the butt, is what I've realized. <laughs> David Allen Coe, a legend. The ride. Gotta take a listen. I, I love how I act like I know. I mean, I've heard yeah, the song. Yeah, I also feel like you're just not, you're not Mr. Big Country over here. I no. mean, you just get in your car and play some Bad Bunny and go about your day. I, I played a lot of uh, Ryan Bingham this weekend. Okay, there you go. A lot. So you're getting see this office is just culture and everybody. But nobody else is listening to the Latino music. I'm feeling like I'm the only one. Nope. 
Can't, can't say I am. Bunch of Rudy's here. <laughs> Tech Sags Radio, presented by, who are we presented by? David Garner Schuller's. And we're in what studio? The Rollo Insurance Studio. Thank you very much. Look, we got some updates to get into, and then I want to come back and listen to part of my interview with Quentin Jackson. But let's do that with uh, Kay Nagley right now, who's got uh, an update on Aggie men's golf. I do. So Sam Bennett fired 11 under par, 61 in Friday's third round to cut a five-stroke deficit and claim a share of the medalist honors at the John Burns Intercollegiate. Um, Bennett's charge helped the Aggies lead run up the leaderboard as the maroon and white finished third with 32 under uh, Texas A&M had a lot of ground to make up after closing the first round in 10th place. Um, the Aggies climbed up after the seventh after the second round and carded the second best final round of the tournament at 21 under and ultimately finished third in that tournament. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and uh, we can talk about Aggie men's. I mean, th- here's the thing. Spring sports have been really good to A&M right now, right? It feels good. It, it does feel good. It, it's a, I don't want to say it's about time, but fall was a little difficult. I have to remind you guys in uh, men's and women's golf, tennis on both sides, track and field, obviously Aggie baseball starting, Aggie men's basketball. Um, at some point in the, in the future, I know Joni Taylor's going to have the women's basketball team um, doing their, their big thing. Let's do this. Um, I want to read one more text here before we hit a break and come back with part of my interview with Quentin Jackson. But Cuervo Ag uh, is revisiting a topic from over the weekend. Kay, do you have that text message handy? If my computer would give me about four seconds to load. I My computer just really acts up whenever I have a lot of tabs open, so it doesn't, and especially yeah. when you specifically pan to me, it likes to um, mess up. Okay, let me pull it up right here. Oh, this is about the Navy SEALs text. So yeah. on Friday, we were discussing a Navy SEALs type of competition among the Texax crew, and he said a great suggestion would be the Gladiator Three Mile Challenge on Sunday, April 16th on AM Parents Weekend. That would be a fun amateur sea like challenge for you guys. I mean, I so I am supposed to be out of town on that particular Sunday because my brother is flying in from Miami to surprise my not surprise my dad. He's gonna take my dad to play some golf, so I'm supposed to meet them. But I think those are usually in the morning. I'm thinking, why not? If Obi's in, Bronny, Nicholas, Bradford, Nick Savage. He didn't like that nickname earlier. Uh, K. If any- I just don't think there's any way we get that crew to run three miles. But I'm sure there's more than just running three miles, right? I, yeah, I guess gladiator to that. So, yeah, whatever else that entails. We should do it. We got plenty of time to train for it. I had to run a mile and a half for a class this past week, and I hadn't hadn't ran that in a long time. So I don't know how that but would I know fair you. for me. Okay, like you are wired the way I am. That is true. You I'm will a very train. Person. You will train for it. I will. Tomas will train for it if he's if he's not like hurt from his boxing match. Uh, Billy won't do it. Bronny might do it. Olin, Olin will do it, and then we'll regret. Uh, Nick it. would do it. Nick has Nick, some competitor in him. Nick will probably win it. The yeah, dude's honestly, a, like he's a, like a legit fitness guy. Like I, I, I'm a fake one on the radio. Used to be. Not really. Nick, much don't discredit anymore. yourself. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm being dead honest well, with y'all. I, I'm not. You'd still kick all of our butts. I'm right. sure. Mm-hmm. Enough on the fitness, because I know somebody's going to make a mention to about it later. Oh, are you in your fitness, even though the old host was allowed to talk about golf whenever he wanted to. But whatever. Let's do this. Let's hit a break. When we come back, Quentin Jackson will come on the show. Um, it, we recorded it on Friday. We have it on the site for our premium subscribers. We're going to only play a t- tidbit from that. But I want you guys to listen to it. Uh, so much fun catching up with Q now, playing with the Wizards, two-way contract, and just uh, 
his personality shines. He is he just he is a fun guy to talk to. You'll love that interview. Right now, we're talking about the Association of Former Students, who have been around for about 140 years. Your financial gifts have empowered them to be here, to be there, to be everywhere, and they've done that with the uh, association. and And they want you to kind of feel what they do. Uh, by checking out IamTheWhy.com. It is a website with a collection of stories about Aggies from Aggies, right? So it shows you their why, why they do what they do, and how they do it. That's why I love going to the Association of Former Students' website, IamTheWhy.com. And you can upload your story and tell the world about your time at A&M, your perspective, and your lens here at Texas A&M. It is IamTheWhy.com. Again, IamTheWhy.com. Texags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. That's a good song. I used to play that Mavs games all the time. So I don't know if they still do. All right, let's uh let's get to that interview I was talking about. So, Quentin Jackson. For, for, first of all, if you haven't been to TexAgs.com and gone to the interview, I believe that's for everybody. You don't even have to be a subscriber to check out that one. Go to TexAgs and listen to the entire interview. It's 20 minutes of of greatness. Um, he he makes you feel great about his time at A and M. Quentin Jackson does. He makes you feel awesome about how appreciative he is about the opportunity he has with the Wizards and the two-way contract. He kind of explains how it all is. And uh, he also talks a little bit about, you know, if he envisioned himself on this particular team this year. All that, here's a little snippet, about four or five minutes of my time with uh, Quentin Jackson. On Texas Radio. Hey, hold on, David. Let me go ahead and grab it in here. I'm having a little difficulty playing all, it. All good. You know what? This is live television radio, right? And this, and this is, you know what? What people in my position usually do, they like pretend like the producer's telling them something. They go, we're going to go to the news and social center. Kay Nagley's got a text message for us. And if her computer doesn't freeze like it's done every time I've gone to it I'm today, ready. Oh, really? I'm ready. Oh, really? Now it's magically working. I had to clear out a couple tabs. Um, mm-hmm. had, had too what, many open. What but kind for- of tabs are you looking at? I'm working, David. I got a lot of stuff going on back here. Mike? I'm working away. Anyways, <laughs> Corvo Ack adds that the Gladiator Dash is an obstacle race put on a in a men's org one army that benefits Still Creek Ranch helping at risk youth in the Brazos Valley. So okay. we may have to do it. Now we have now now that you've read it out loud and we know what it is, if we don't do it, <laughs> we're not helping kids. Right? We're 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 against them. So we're we I Olin, I know you're listening because you listen to everything. You'll walk by and make eye contact. Um, I, th- I think, unfortunately, you're in. Okay, I think you're in. All right. Let's get another so one. It just sounds like we have to. A 903 number says, do you think lack of ranked teams in the SEC is a contributor to our lack of recognition for A&M men's basketball no. nationally? No. I think the, the problem is, I mean, the conference is, isn't getting the, the buzz that it, it did last year at this time, but no, I don't think it's that at all. I think it's Wofford and your non-conference schedule. If they would have won the Wofford game, they were looked at it upon completely different at this time. That's my opinion. Here is the interview with Quentin Jackson. All right, it is time for a luchador or a solador because Billy is not here, just David Nuno here, and we're talking to Quentin Jackson. NBA two-way contract just a week ago. This interview brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. They want to remind you to have fun with Academy Sports and Outdoors, from grilling outdoors to having fun in the backyard. Let Academy take care of you. They've got you covered head to toe. Stop by your local Academy store or shop online at academy.com and have fun out there. Q, what up? What's good, my guy? I, I've got to borrow that jacket. You can have it. Man. I mean, it wouldn't look as good on me, but uh, <laughs> welcome to town, man. All-Star Appreciate Weekend. That. Yeah. Appreciate that. I had to stop by. So let's, let's kind of go through the last couple weeks. Talk to me. So you're all over social media. I've never seen somebody get so much love from the G League early on that you were getting, but right. people like outside of A&M were right. paying attention to you. How was that, that run? Um, I mean, it was smooth. It was really kind of just... 
me being who I am, like my personality is just what makes people gravitate towards me. And, you know, now that I've kind of, you know, been able to branch out and go other places, like more people are being able to see the person that I am, like just outside of basketball. Like I'm not like, yeah, I got a lot of recognition, but you know, most people with their recognition, they kind of blow people off. Like for me, like growing up, I was always a people person. So like I gravitate towards people and my energy is great. So, you know, it's all, it's been all love. Um, I'm super appreciative of everything that's come my way in the past, you know, couple months. Um, you know, it's not a short of a blessing. So explain to us what a two-way contract basically means. Does it mean you can kind of play in both kind of situations to make sure you're getting playing time? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So uh, when I came in, I started on the Exhibit 10 contract. Exhibit 10 contract is a contract. It kind of allows you to do training camp with the Wizards. So that was early in the season. Um, and they have like a couple preseason games that you go up, you play in. But then for the most part, you're spending your time in the G League. Okay, so that was cool. But then... Um, of course, I wanted the two-way, so then I was able to keep playing, you know, progressing, and then got the two-way. And the two-way contract is, like you said, I'm able to go back and forth between both. So whenever the Wizards need bodies or they want me to come up and play, da 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 they can have me up. But at the same time, if they want me to go back down to the to the G League, I can do that too. So How far is that Capital City to where you where you are? Um, it's all right there. Oh, it's like, just right there. Yeah, right? it's all right in the same place. I probably I probably live maybe ten minutes from our facility. Okay. And then I probably live like ten minutes from Capital One Arena. So okay. it's like So you're 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 right there. How different is life in the NBA? The travel, the nice plane, everything. Man, it's completely different. It's still catching me it's still catching <laughs> me by surprise for real. Like um like being with the go go, um of course it's like it's more like uh like kind of college-esque, but when you go up there with the Wizards, like I had got off the plane one day, and um, normally when I get off the plane with the go-go, I already have my bags with me, but I gave the bags to the, you know what I'm saying, to the people before I got on the plane. And uh, when I got there, I'm asking my teammates, like, where my bag at? Da, 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 da. <laughs> they just they start laughing at me. They're like, yo, your bag already in your room, bro. I'm like, dang, they take your bag to your room. They make sure you, I ain't a lot, they make sure you take care of, well taken care of, like, it, it's crazy, but. I ain't gonna lie, I feel like I've earned every bit of it. Heck yeah, you have. <laughs> so, so like, you banked on yourself, right? You you could have come back. You decided to to go to the to the NBA, the league, right. and you it, it's a little bit longer journey than you probably had envisioned or wanted. But you're, I almost say you kind of probably appreciate it more because what you've gone through. Yeah, hundred percent. I feel like everything that I've been through has shaped me to who I am today. You know what I'm saying? The experiences that I went through from all the way from high school. Until now, it's all shaped me and, you know, characterized me into who I am today. So, All right, uh, Quentin Jackson there for the entire interview. Go to TexAgs.com. You can hear everything he had to say. He was here in town for, uh, what do you call it, uh, NBA All-Star Weekend. They had a little break, and he said, I'm coming to College Station. I want to hang out. And he was super excited to come to studio. So I appreciate him coming to uh, the show. Thank you very much to, uh, to Q. All right, when we come back here on TexAgs Radio, Buzz Williams on the program. The Buzz Williams. We'll talk to him about Q. We'll talk to him about the big victory. We'll talk to him about the, the atmosphere on Tuesday and what's ahead. All that and uh, your text messages on the AMB text line. You're listening to Texags Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. Texags Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here on the Rollo Insurance Studio. All right. Uh, so the rundown for the rest of the program. Buzz Williams will be joining us here momentarily. I see the phone ringing, so he'll be on the show here any moment. So we'll have Buzz on. We will have Billy on. We'll talk a lot of basketball over the next hour. I know Buzz will, excuse me, I know Billy will want to talk 
uh, some baseball as well and golf and all the good stuff that is happening. Great time on this campus right now. Let's go straight to the hotlines. We are joined by Buzz Williams here on Texags Radio. Buzz, good morning, sir. Good morning. Thanks for uh, joining us here on the show. So uh, we had Schloss on the show a little while ago, and he was talking a little bit about Tuesday and how, you know, if you've got tickets to the to the basketball game, come hang out at the baseball game for a little bit, but go directly to the, the game on Tuesday. Uh, I love the camaraderie that this uh, this athletic department has with each other. You guys really have each other's backs, it sounds like. I'll be honest. I think uh, Schloss is the leader of that. Um I'm saying that in a genuine way. I've had more interaction with him than any other employee other than J-Mo. Uh, he's been fabulous. Um, just connected, cares, supports. Uh, it has a learner spirit, zero ego. Um, and for someone that hasn't been here very long, I think that um, he's really done an extraordinary job of trying to be a part and uh, it's been a good example for me, to be honest with you. Uh, he's, he's inspired me to be better. Uh, I think you get so caught up in your cocoon of whatever it is that you're doing that you kind of lose track of maybe what's going on around you. And uh, he's, he's for sure been the leader in the department in regards to that, that category of trying to help, trying to be supportive, trying to be an encouragement. Uh, he, he texts me nearly every day something and uh, I see him at nearly every one of our games um, and I, I sincerely appreciate it. Yes, I understand he's the head coach and played in the World Series and will probably play in the World Series multiple times but for him to give of his time regardless of where he's employed says a lot. It sure does. I, I, I love to hear from both of you. So, Buzz, I I love the way your team has this mentality that uh, that I believe you've instilled in them to not look ahead, like to really focus on the play, the moment, the game, and not look down the road two or three steps. How do you get a team to do that? And, and am I reading that correctly? Well, I, I think it's just the nature of the world we live in. I think when you're addicted to your phone, uh, you you lose track of reality and you spend a lot of time internally comparing yourself and everyone has a platform now. And so regardless of who says what, it's easy as a human to just go, yeah, well, they're the authority and you can kind of get lost in there's so many opinions and there's so many thoughts that you don't even develop your own. And our group has been incredibly mature and trying to be accountable and responsible for this particular day, this particular moment. And I think when you lose track of that and you get caught up in the anxiousness, what if this happens? And, you know, next time we're going to do that. And you remember the last time so-and-so said this, I think you can just, it just turns into a tornado and you, you kind of lose yourself and you lose track of time and you lose track of days and it becomes a compound effect because if you give all of your energy and emotion to what I'm talking about, you're probably going to fail in that particular moment. And now all of a sudden you wake up the next day and not only are you still caught up in those opinions and the approval of others, but personally you feel bad that you let the previous day go and you failed. And so it becomes a compound thing. 
And so uh, we spent an inordinate amount of time, to be honest, talking about that. And um, that's not, uh, David, in my opinion, that's not just specific to our players. Uh, that's specific to everybody. Uh, that's specific to me. You know, I quit. Uh, the last time I used this phone uh, was last Monday morning at 945. Hmm. Uh, I try not to. I, I look at my phone once a day. Uh, I don't want to see all the people calling. I don't want all of these fans that just happen to show up asking for tickets. I, I don't want to do an interview. I don't want to do a podcast. I, I don't want to do that. And I'm not saying any of that is wrong. Um, but it takes my energy and emotion away from our players. It takes my energy and emotion away from our staff. And we've become very regimented in every single thing that we do with our players, with our staff, with our prep. And like I tell them, guys, I just want to make sure that I give the best that I can give. And for me, if I get lost in, well, this donor text and this person said this and this person I need to meet here, now all of a sudden I'm not at my best. And in truth, they're wanting that connection because we're doing so well mm-hmm. when we weren't doing well, when we were six and five, I didn't hear from anybody. And so like, I'm not, I don't have an edge about that. I completely understand the results of how we're being judged, but relative to my effort and my connection with our guys, I'm just trying to be accountable uh, to the mission and responsible for that, that particular day. Buzz, where does that come from? Obviously, some of that is who you are and who you've become over the years. But, like, who are your influencers? Who are people that you read that have kind of helped mold this kind of uh, attention to detail, if you will? I, 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 don't, uh, I don't think that it's a specific person. I think you can learn from anyone. And I think that uh, everyone has something that they know that you need to know. But I also think that uh, everyone knows something that when you learn it, you don't need to know. And so I spend a lot of time, what is it that I need to know? What is it that I don't need to know? And then what is it that I need to do? And I try to filter everything through that. And I, I, I think uh, there's a group of us that are scarred from last year. Uh, I think there's a large group of us that are still scarred from what COVID did. I don't mean that every the, the world was effective, but from a socialist standpoint, from a uh, they weren't able to be on a team, they didn't go to school, they didn't have that socialization. Like there's still impacts from two years ago, and if you talk about our team and what we went through, you know, like uh, we went our we go five and one. We go five and one to start league play. We lose at Kentucky. They beat us. They were more physical. Uh, they made 11 threes. They shot more threes than they have ever shot in the John Calipari era. They beat us. And we played to our plan, and they beat us. And on SEC Network that night, I get a text. Uh, you remember the last time Texas A&M lost to Kentucky? They lost eight in a row. And at that moment, I was like, I can't participate in this. Like this is the ESPN owned by ABC owned by Disney, the SEC network. And that's what the commentator says. And I'm like, wow, not mad. That's the truth. Not upset. Have no 
uh, judgment towards the comment, but I'm like, okay, I'm thankful we're five and one after the first 33% of conference play. But if I get lost in all of that, I won't be able to give my best. Hey, you guys are on the bubble. Hey, you guys lost the Wofford. Hey, you guys are 12 and two. Hey, you guys have won five in a row. Yeah, I don't want to get lost in it because then I'm like, well, we beat so-and-so and we lost and we did this and what about that and why? I, w- I just get twisted up and it's because I'm immature and my brain is chaotic on there's a portion of me as a human being that I want justice, if that's the appropriate word, for our players. And I want justice, if that's the appropriate word, for our team slash department slash institution. But if I'm trying to become involved in the politics of, well, who voted for us and why didn't they vote for us and how long, how many quad one games do you want us to win before we have some level of forgiveness for the quad four? And then, you know, Joe Lenard says a month ago, talking about, yeah, and I just think that the committee is still concerned about Texas A&M from last year. I'm like, yes, I did say what I said. I believe what I said. I was convicted to say it uh, as that's what I felt was right by me as the leader. But I can't give in to that a year later. And so I've just tried to live like a monk. I've tried to live like a hermit. And as best I can, I'm not going to take our players' phones. We're not going to do all that. You still have to live in the world, but you still have to do your job. And since we're doing the job, let's give our highest level of commitment to being the best we can at doing our job. And yes, we want to do it for our mom. Yes, we want to do it for our dad. Yes, we want to do it for our coach. Yes, we want to do it for our school. Yes, we want to do it for our families. And all of that is so important. But let's also have that same level of commitment to one another because that's who we're on the bus with. That's who we're watching film with. That's who we're doing loose ball drill with every day is for one another. And I think that love between one another, to some degree, it has to be superior to, uh, I want to do it for someone else. Yes, do it for someone else. But remember, we have to do it for one another first. And for me, in order to be a part of this, I just have to kind of stay away from, I go to my office and I go to my house. I go to my office and I go to my house because I I only want to give, um, my emotional energy to our players, my family, and and our staff. Well, it's got about a minute left. By the way, that was just a brilliant answer. Thank you very much for that. Just uh, Wade Taylor, this this stretch that he's on, uh, if you can just talk a little bit about it. I feel like there's certain players that take the baton from certain parts of the year. Julius had this run. Uh, Q's always had his runs. Right now it's Wade doing it. Yeah, and he's playing at a a super-duper high level. Uh, He just has a – as I've said before, he's a 4.0 student. He was academic, all SEC uh, last semester. I anticipate that will be the case the rest of his uh, time here. Uh, but he has a very high EQ. He has a very high EQ of himself, and he has a very high EQ of those around him. And I think his IQ and his EQ is what bleeds into his basketball IQ. And he walks a delicate line in how he plays uh, because there is risk at times in how he plays. And at times there's greater reward in how he plays. And he's doing a, as good a job as I've ever seen of a fourth semester 
student athlete of knowing what that line is. We call it TSM, time score momentum. Who's in charge of time score momentum? We are. That's, that's what our guys would say if you ask them the question in an interview. Who's in charge of TSM? They would say we are. But four, four has a really good pulse for time score and momentum, whether we're at home or on the road. And he's just playing at an ultra-high level, and that's been a part of our success over the last few weeks. Buzz, fabulous stuff, my friend. Thanks so much. Uh, we'll see you on Tuesday. Best of luck. Yes, sir. Have a good day. I hope the baseball team wins tomorrow. And if you don't want to come to the basketball game, we, we won't be offended. Go to the baseball game and cheer for Coach. we got enough people. Both of them need to be sold out, Coach. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Buzz Williams on the uh, on the uh, Really, like, insightful stuff. I get into that. Um, just uh, what the way people are disciplined, the self-discipline that's out there. When we come back here on Texas Radio, Billy Lucci will be joining us, get his thoughts on the weekend it was, and uh, try to get to your text messages as well, as long as our tabs don't freeze up our browser. Just kidding, Kay. It happens to me, too. I just toss to you when it happens to me. It's Texas Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. All right. Kay, you know this one, right? Beatles. All right. Look at you. See? See? But I don't listen to things from before my time. You know, I'm cultured some. Every once in a while, I like to just surprise you. Do you know the name of the song? Hey Jude. All right, just making sure. Like it says it a hundred times, so great song. I, I got it in about first 15 seconds. It was in my brain. It is Texags Radio. We are presented by David Gardner's Jewelers as the music ends abruptly. Uh, we are waiting on Billy, who apparently is in the building somewhere, so looking forward to chatting with uh, William Lucci here on the program. So let's kind of reset where we are with things. All right, Buzz just gave some inspirational words earlier. Schloss as well. It was, uh, it was good to see both of those guys kind of talking about each other and then uh, the, the love they have for each other's programs. And baseball has Lamar on Tuesday in Tennessee, uh, obviously for the big A&M game. And uh, so we're, we're looking forward to, to that game. Bill Lucci with us here. Well, I've got a confession, Nuno. got to admit something. You're a big fan of the show. I got to admit, as I look at these headphones, that you screwed me how this did morning. How you? You know how Buzz, when, when the jerseys didn't show up for the Florida game? Yeah. And he had that sound bite where they tried to ask him what happened, and he high-roaded it, and yeah. he refused to – he took the full blame as the head coach. Yeah, and, yeah, that was great. Well, I'm not going to do that today. What did I do wrong? <laughs> do you need an update that we have yes, Buzz and Schloss yes. on Mondays? No, yes, huh. I do. You know huh. why? Because you always send me a text. You always have. And it's you were going above and beyond. But I've set the tone. I've set but, the expectation. Yeah, you set a high bar for yourself. Yeah. But he hasn't always come on. Now, he has lately, but you told me he would not be on every week. Right. And you said, I will let you know when he comes on. And you always text me. Huh. And you didn't. And so, maybe you did. Maybe you're no, about to hit no, me with the no, curveball. I'm, I should have texted you. I thought about that. Okay. I thought that at you, the tweet directly at you, because I know you live on Twitter, I thought that was I don't was in the a, mornings, though. Not in the mornings. Yeah. So, I, I will, you know what? Here, I will, here's a little, I'll take the blame. No, but here's two things. Number one, I try not to be on Twitter in the morning. Sometimes I am if I'm up super early. I have uh -huh. some downtime. But I try not to start my day. Yeah, <laughs> I try not to start my day like that. Mm -hmm. And then the second part of that, in fairness, you have at least once, if not a couple times, texted me to say no buzz. Correct. So you do yay or nay. But, so I, but you know what? I will take the blame because as your partner on this show, mm -hmm. I, I'm putting us at equal footing. Okay. You are. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not. You're the host. No, but I should have. 
Mm-hmm. But let's just say this: the mm-hmm. interview was fantastic. I listened. to There it. was very little Nuno on that. That was a lot I, of buzz. I listened to it while I was walking my dog. I wished I was here. It was great. I was walking Griff, and I'm listening. And so yeah, does that mean you weren't listening good. early on? I did listen. I listened to the whole first hour. Oh, so I, when I said out loud, Buzz will be with us at nine forty-five. I did not catch oh. that. Obviously, <laughs> I talked to Dalton. He didn't mention it to me. I said I'll see you at ten. Um, so I'm just gonna throw everybody under it. <laughs> Dalton probably didn't know. He doesn't listen to y'all's show I know he back doesn't. there. Actually, he heard the bite that uh, Schloss had about Buzz, and he's like, that was a great bite. I did hear that. Yeah. I did hear that, and you didn't reference at that point that he was coming on, which you could have done. Uh, no, I love that. And then Buzz did the same thing with Slosh. And, and look, they mean it. Now, here's the thing that Buzz Williams has never done. And I will recommend it to Slosh, too. He hadn't done it either yet, and I don't think he ever will because the way they're rolling. I've seen A&M coaches come in here over the years, and they very vocally complain about crowds and whatnot. You know, football, it's usually pretty easy. Yeah, Football, I mean, what's happened this year uh, this pat these past two years even with losing games and stuff and and the crowds have just come out yeah like this year for football I, I heard one of your guys on on the fan show the other day talking about this current batch of students they've kind of really restored like this culture of like when you and I were in college that and Kay Nagley's one of these you go to the games and you support the teams and you get fired up for the teams and. Yeah, you expect them to to perform a certain way in return for your loyalty and allegiance, yeah. but they don't have to win championships. Like if if these teams are just tanking and not effort, but A and M teams don't typically do that. And certainly these coaches now, it, it it is the combination of the coaches, the style of play which with, with which most of these teams play with, the current batch of students which are who are very excited about Aggie sports and they're all active on social media. Um, there's so many cool accounts, and, uh, students and, and what they do. Uh, the, I love the Barstool A&M account. Yep. A lot of Barstool skew one way. They, they don't. They, they're fun. They're irreverent, yep. but not to a point of being silly and stupid. They're, they're just, I enjoy that participation and a lot of it's due to social media but there's a certain kind of core group that really pushes that, yep. and that's what the students see. It's a great way to reach out. And the, the, I think, look, you look at the LSU football game, you look at baseball last year, you look at baseball this weekend, hey, there's our World Series team starting the season. Let's go get some great opening In weekend crowds weather. despite the weather and a Sunday at 1030. But, man, what's happened with basketball, and, and I, we've had a couple coaches come through that, certainly complain about attendance and i always say it is attendance in this part of the country the south and by the way i don't know what kind of crowds ohio state's drawing right now they've lost 13 out of 14 up there i don't know what crowds even a basketball school like syracuse will draw unless it's a duke or whoever maybe they're doing better that's out of my realm of expertise you know uh out west when some of these teams go on bad stretches. But in the South, I know you have to win in basketball, and then the fans come. Look at Texas right now. Uh, 
Look at Texas Tech a few weeks ago versus now. Now they're starting to win. Their fans are getting back in there. Look at Tech when they were running to the national title game. Look at them when they went down. Look at Tech when they had Bobby Knight in the late years. Mm -hmm. Look at Tech under Billy Clyde. There was no one there. Look at Oak State when they weren't good for a stretch. OU has started to complain about their crowds this year. Uh, they were a, what they they've been a they were a really good program under Lon Kruger. Bama wasn't like that. Tennessee has never been like that until recently. Auburn was not like that until Bruce Pearl got there. LSU's fallen off a cliff. A year or two ago under Will Wade, that plate the PMAC would be packed for games. So it is about winning, and then they'll come. That is just that's the South. Look at SMU a couple years ago versus now. Look at TCU now under Jamie Dixon. Buzz understood that. He didn't complain. He put a team on the floor that, that played in a way that Aggies could appreciate. And one by one and 100 by 100, they started to come. Then you started getting some big conference wins, and we've seen this thing yeah. just build. And, and Tuesday night, I think, I heard OB. I agree, it should be the biggest home game since that Kentucky game in 17 with House and Caruso, and they win, win the uh, BK, and they, they win it and ultimately win a share and I think win the SEC title because they beat Kentucky head-to-head -head in overtime on the tip-in. Or oh, no, the overtime was the SEC championship game that year. What a year. And this team can do that too. By the way, 13-5 and five that year won the SEC. It was A&M's best record. It's been their best record in 11 years in the league. The Aggies are threatening that. Um, and we haven't even talked about I heard you guys saying, what's the ceiling? I think their ceiling's like a four seed. I'm more a five-four seed for sure. But, you, but here's, why, here's why I say that. When you say their ceiling, to me, what, then you have to say what happens if they win their next four, win the SEC title, and then go win the SEC tournament title. They might be a three seed. I feel like I remember an Iowa State team that just like came out of nowhere to do that. I don't think the Aggies are going to win out and run it out. I was very worried about this weekend's game at Missouri. I was more worried about that one than, than Tennessee. Now, I'm, now I've shifted to Tennessee. But that game for a couple weeks had been kind of looming. Missouri's so much better at home. Who did they lose to at home? Kentucky and, and Bama, and that's it. They're so much better at home than they are away from home. The way they shoot, with Brown being as good as he is. And you just felt like he wanted to get – a and M after what? Yeah, after signing, you know, and and boy, did he his performance look like it on Saturday? And they're a hungry team, you know. They're drifting towards the bubble now. Right, they're not there, but they're drifting that way. Um, they needed to stop it. They needed to beat A and M, and the Aggies got their best shot and controlled that thing. If you would have told me they were going to go in there and control it, wire to wire, would you believe me? No. Okay. I mean, now, I, I, mean, what I, I wouldn't either, but we should. That. We I, should. Would I believe you? No. But I have come to believe that is the norm now as opposed exactly. to what it used to be. What they do when they went to Auburn? Control the, the game, much like this one, wire to wire. Our stressful moments were when teams like, I think both of them cut it to eight, and I don't think either one of them cut that's it. That's not really that stressful. No. And, and I don't think either one of them cut it to below eight in the second half. On the road against two tournament teams, I was sitting there, and Auburn, by the way, is drifting towards the bubble as well. It's funny because they're like ships passing in the night right now due to A&M winning these games head-to-head. -head. It's what happens. But I'm sitting there 
you can feel the momentum. Missouri's got it. They they they've reclaimed it. Ain't and pushed it up to fifteen, and Missouri instantly cut it back down to yep. like eight. But I'm going, yeah, we got X number of minutes left. Seven minutes left. A and M's up eight. Whose whose place would you rather be in right now? I don't care about momentum. They got boots. They got Wade Taylor. They got Dexter Dennis to make a defensive stop, block a shot amazingly, and hit a three ball. They've got they've got Andy to get a rebound. They got Julius. Marble or Henry to get an N one, and they're hitting free throws. The whole team get to the line. They don't care about. Of they don't care about being on the road in the SEC. They're mm. shooting free. Like you don't worry about it, and that's what's so impressive about what they're doing right now. And think about the road in the SEC. They smashed South Carolina. Buddy, we've said this before, but this is a reminder, and uh, it feels like Aggie baseball last year. It that does. tough end of the schedule, where like they got to win this series, they got to win they this series, doing it. and they just kept doing it. And they come down from in the ninth, you know, way down. Yeah. To South Carolina or against Arkansas, they'd blow this massive lead in, in, in the clincher and then hold on and win. Or I think they might have even fallen behind and come back and win it or hold on to win it. They just find a way. But what they've done on the road in the SEC this year is what they, they, blat, they beat Florida early with Castleton when Florida was good and, and A&M had done nothing at that point. Yeah. They smashed South Carolina where the game was over in five minutes. They smashed LSU where the game was over in five minutes. And they absolutely wire-to-wire game control over Auburn and Missouri. And they lost at Kentucky in a good contested game that came down in the final four minutes or so. Th- those are their those – are, I think those are all their conference road games thus far. So they're going to have to have a similar performance performance in Starkville that team's fighting for their lives and it's yeah. good they're a tournament team they are. they've got a first team all-conference guy I think that game's just as tough if not tougher than, than Tennessee at home I think Mississippi State's hungry they're good they're at home so you got three of your four left are, are hard really really if you're ranking games you've played this year in in the conference you might throw in at Kentucky Indies. and at Auburn because of the timing of it and mm-hmm. where Auburn was at and say three of your five toughest in the league are still yet to be played. But I'm not worried about it. That's exactly right. I'm not worried about it. I mean, I'm not saying they're going run it, to run it out and win the SEC. I, I think that's more likely than them struggling because I, I th- they li- bring it every game. It's more likely they beat Tennessee. And we're talking about a six-game win streak. Yeah. Hey, um, I got some other thoughts I want to get into just about the, the perception out there with college basketball when talking about A&M when we come back. But right now, let's talk Caldwell Country Chevrolet, Highway 21 and Caldwell online at caldwellcountrychevrolet.com. It's about the deals. It's about the experience. It's about Zach Hester. You know, it's kind of like Buzz and Schloss. And, you know, they, they, they run a certain style of program that you know that it's going to be detail-oriented. You know they're going to get their business done. They're going to give effort. That's exactly what Zach does there. He, he holds his crew to a very high standard. And, by the way, also loves Aggie Athletics. You name it, he's out there. So the whole crew there are called Well Country. They love Aggie Athletics. They go to the football games, the baseball games, the basketball games. You name it. They're always involved. Mention men's and women's golf and, and tennis as well. They're, they're, they're involved, right? And they go- they, you know for a fact they go to all those, or yeah. they support. I, I know they support all. Well, I, I know players. Zach is friends with a bunch of the golf guys. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Zach's a big golfer. Yeah, this guy's golfing him. 
you know, Cabo, uh, Salt Lake City, you name it. Yeah, I mean, Arizona. I'm just making stuff up at this point. I don't that's know if what you and that's what you and Olin do. We do make up things. We mm-hmm. do, but this is not a makeup. He does support Aggie athletics. That I know. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, a lot of people here buy their car from from Zach Hester. I got mine. RC Dante. This guy's driving a Caldwell Country car as we speak. That's the facts out there. 15 minute mm-hmm. drive, Brian and Caldwell. Short conversation away, but you'll see the difference when you step on the lot and do business with Zach and the fellows at Caldwell Country Chevrolet. Highway 21 in Caldwell. Online. CaldwellCountryChevrolet.com. I kind of want to say just blow the whole thing up, and I'll explain why. It's Tex-Ags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. What? The music? No. No, the music's fine. I like Santana. It's uh, the Matchbox 20 guy, right? Never been a big... I, never been a big Santana guy. But if he's on, you don't... It doesn't... You don't... In Los Santana. Do, 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 do you change the station? Do, 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 do. What about old school Santana? Yeah, you know what? I feel like that's more uh, my dad's era. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not kind gonna, of the end of end of our parents' era, start of like, and it missed me in between. If I was ten years older, I'd be more of a Santana guy. If it's on, I don't necessarily change it, but I'm I not going to. I'm not going to program Black it. Black Magic Woman, I like that one. Yeah, but it, that's about it. So here's what I want to blow up. If A and M is really still under this constant scrutiny of, well, if they lose every game, they may not be in the tournament. Then blow the whole damn thing up because I. This team has got 20 wins in the SEC. They're in second place in the SEC. Yeah. Other than a little blip on the radar against Wofford, which, by the way, good teams have lost to bad teams before. This is not the first time. This so is more than a little blip, but it's yeah. one. Ga- it's one game out of however many. And but it's not one game. It's the non-conference. They they lost to Murray State. They didn't have a non-conference win that registered. I get that. But the totality, Billy. Exactly. I agree. No, I'm, I'm not arguing with you, but I'm saying yeah. it was more than a blip, but they've more than compensated for that. I thought they did last year, but I'll say that and they didn't have the bad non-conference losses because they really didn't play anyone. I think that was it just was it just TCU? TCU. Were they a one loss? Not they were a one loss non-conference team last that year. That sounds right. But and they, TCU, had they no, could have won. But they had no big wins. And then this year, again, they had no big wins. And then they had the losses. But. Last year, again, like I said, they were 9-9 nine and nine in conference. What the, what the committee did not do, had A&M been 9-9 nine and nine in conference and lost to Florida without a noteworthy non-conference accomplishment, then the argument, Buzz Williams is not sit at the podium and, and, and you know, ream the NCAA selection mm-hmm. committee. Now, you could make an argument, man, they were better – throughout the conference and this team, that team, and that team that made it. But it is the totality. It is the body of work and maybe those other teams. But when you beat Florida, Auburn, who was top five at the time, and Arkansas and go to the final against Tennessee, Arkansas, who ended up going to, I believe, to an Elite Eight, when you run that and you'd won, I think, six out of seven to end it and then did that. So it was basically like nine out of ten, I think. Nine out of 11 down the stretch. They should have been in. But they were nine and nine in conference. They did have an eight game losing streak and they had nothing in the non conference. This year, they don't have a, a non, they have some warts in the non conference, some blemishes, but they are one of the hottest teams in college basketball. They have been for two months now. They are clearly, clearly 
the second best team in the SEC Clearly. as of today. Now that doesn't have to stand. Tennessee or Kentucky can go on a run and run the table. And but today, through fifteen games or uh, fourteen games. They are clearly the second best team in the SEC. No one could argue that, legitimately argue that since conference play began, this team is 19-3 and in its last 22 SEC games under Buzz. That's incredible. 19-3 and in a Power 5 conference. I'd like anyone to show me the list of teams in college basketball that in their last 22 games, in the Pac-12, Big Ten, SEC, ACC, Big 12, that's 19-3. and three. Yeah. And I know it's not apples to apples. No one's doing that in the Big 12 for obvious reasons. They are in basketball what the SEC is in football. But the SEC in basketball is not the Pac-12 in football. This is a quality league. And to go 19-3 and three in 22 games is absurd. Uh, more specifically, they're 12-2. and two. They are second in the league. They've won 12 out of 14 games. They've got some really nice wins over tournament teams. They are a lock minus the, like, yeah, I could give you half the field and say if they lose out, they're not going to be in it. Yeah, but they, they don't if bring they, it up with other teams. If they lose their last four and go out in the first round of the conference tournament, yeah, welcome to half the projected field. I don't know, like San Diego State or Boise State or, you know, uh, Oklahoma State if or Missouri, out. Auburn. I mean, we could go up Kentucky. We can go up and down the list. Rutgers, put all these teams that I see around A&M in there. Go lose out. See if you're in the tournament. So, yeah, I think they should stop talking about it with A&M. And the conversation, conversation needs to shift to... Texas A&M is one of the fastest rising teams right now through this field. Leave off the part about them not being in. If the season ended today, in. they are in. I think if they win one more game, they're in no matter what, and they might still be. But start talking about Texas A&M as the only standing threat to Bama. Start talking about if A&M wins their next three, they will play Alabama for an SEC title. They might play them for an SEC title if they go two and one. Mm-hmm. You know, Bama could lose to Auburn or Arkansas, and it'd still be for a title. And with the, with the winner being at you know, 15 and three in the league. So start talking about that. Stop talking about <clears throat> Wofford or the bubble or any of that nonsense. I mean, they, they have... They have outperformed that. They have shed that albatross. They, they deserve, uh, they don't want it though, but they deserve the praise. They, they don't need it. They can go in that bunker across the street over there and keep doing what they're doing. Yeah. And, and their mentality, it, it is exactly what it needs to be. And no one knows that more than Buzz. And his players get it. But we can sit out here and say, college basketball and the talking heads need to recognize it because Nuno, you know this as well as I do. If they just keep pushing this narrative, it gives them the opportunity to use it. Absolutely. It doesn't. I mean, A&M controls whether they can use it or not. It's, it's what the Aggies do. I'm just saying that we've seen it so many times. I think the national talk was a, 
big part of why AM was left out of the college football playoff. Because everybody talked People, about the losing streak. I'm talking about the playoffs in football. Oh, oh, and football, then, yeah, sorry, and then yeah, yeah. the losing streak last year. Not enough people were, were standing on the table going, look what they just did. But that was over the course of a couple weeks, but really three days that in terms of really getting everyone's yeah. attention was about three days there. We're talking about right now, we're into two months of basketball where this team's kicking everyone's ass, and you better not cross the eggs if, you're, if your mascot's a tiger at this point. Well, I'm going to tell you the truth. If I saw A&M's resume without a team listed, and you can tell me the Wofford loss and whatever, I just yeah. look at that resume, I'm like, oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're in. Yeah, absolutely one of the top 40 teams in college football, I, uh, college I, basketball. Look, and, and the numbers are saying that too, by the way. Yeah. But I think they are uh, – I mean, look, the Nets, the top 30. Look at their quad one. And how many more shots are they going to get at? Three, Three more, more shots. Ones, right? Probably four because they're going to get the double buy. So they're probably going to get another quad one, somebody that advances that far. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're going to get probably four more shots at quad ones. And here's the thing, David. Tennessee, tough. Mississippi State on the road, really tough. At Ole Miss, dangerous because it's just the back end of a back to back. It's unique. They're staying there. And then Bama. Number I mean, one team in the country. Number one team in the country. I don't know if they're staying there or if U of H or Kansas move up, but number one team in the country, Alabama. Um, at, that is a tough a final four games as you're going to see for most teams in college basketball. I would say certainly for anyone outside of the Big 12. But look at those teams. Three of those four teams – Texas A&M has been better than in this conference. Yep. Look, Tennessee was number one at some point this year. Their top 10 team as of this morning might stay there because, remember, they just beat number one earlier in the week before they lost to Kentucky. But in conference games for two months, Texas A&M has fared better than Tennessee. They've fared better than Mississippi State. And they've fared almost as good as Bama. They're one game off Bama's pace. Now, Bama has looked incredible at times. A&M has looked incredible at times. One thing I'll say about this game tomorrow night, you've heard Buzz talk about they like to get that fourth, fourth rep in, that fourth run through in terms of their preparation. I, didn't, I don't know if you asked him today. I didn't think you did, but how does that look different when they but go Tuesday Saturday game. night, Tuesday? Yeah, that would have been a good – you know, he's going to talk in a little bit. Yeah, because you got, you got Sun. they're not doing Saturday night. you got Sunday – you got Monday, maybe Monday night, maybe Tuesday morning. So it'll be interesting. But you're playing them at home. And I know Tennessee has the five conference losses. But remember this about the Vols. They beat the crap out of Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and they lost buzzer beaters to, was it Vandy and Missouri? Buzzer beaters. Like shocking shots. Mm-hmm. Or, or they're sitting there one game off the pace with A&M. But Tennessee has some things now. Scoring's been an issue. They play good D. Play great D. They're fit. This is going to be a war tomorrow. Yeah. But scoring's been an issue. They lost at Flo- – they got handled by the Gators at Florida. Uh, and they did – buzzer beat or not, they did lose to a couple teams, A&M beat in Vandy and, and Missouri, who they beat twice. Well, and if I'm looking at that – yeah, the last five games. And Kentucky kicked their ass Saturday. This is the difference in the SEC right now. These last five, A&M 5-0. They've yeah. gone two and three. Yeah, and, and, and Kentucky beat the brakes off of yeah. them. So, but well, you know what that means? 
you're getting their best shot tomorrow 100 they if, if it's a big game for us it's a big game for them Look, right ten, a healthy tennessee could go to a final four i think their lack of offense will get them in that tournament but, but they're I that mean, kind of team for sure if you go and say like who are the dozen final four contenders they're gonna be in the group yep all right, let's hit a break here. Um, Ryan Targotch combo. Go get it there at our friends at Costa Vita. In fact, we need to go to Costa Vita soon. Targotch hit you with a combo Dude. yesterday. I moved out hit, of the way. C- hit Seattle with one. It's so – the guys uh, – we talked to Buzz earlier. Like, people just didn't talk about him enough last year. So they got the Targotch combo. That's really, really good. And also the uh, machaca, which is the breakfast taco that you got to jump all over. Sautéed jalapenos and onions scrambled into eggs. Serve with our – with their barbacoa excuse me, style beef. Very, very good. You know that Holly and the crew at the Costa Vita are involved in so many different events around town, from bonfire to Aggie athletic events. They're always out there helping out uh, fans and, and just loving supporting the, uh, the Aggie network out there. But the food there is phenomenal. Fresh Mex done the right way. You get there. You see them cook it for you right there. Yeah, I, th- I think I want those quesadillas. Bam. They put it for you right there. They do it the way you want it. Fresh every time you go. Uh, another great uh, signature item that they have is a shrimp taco with mango sauce, a tender shrimp that's been caramelized in honey and butter. They balance with mango and lime. Very delicious, sublime feeling when you go there to Costa Vida in South College Station. Go by, visit, taste the food, taste it all. Bring your family and friends. My kids love to get the quesadillas. The twins always ask about those. Dad, can we stop at Costa Vida on the way home get some quesadillas? Yes, we can. We do it often. It is Costa Vida in South College Station. Go check it out. Tech Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. We're going to talk some baseball here, but one thing I don't think you and I have gotten into is uh, the Olin and I spent a segment earlier on it, but Wade Taylor, uh, this little stretch he's on, and I, I mentioned Ooh. to Buzz that like I feel like there's like a passing of a baton. So there was a stretch where Julius was the go-to guy at the end of games. Obviously, Q, I'm not Q, excuse me, Boots has done his thing. Um, Henry's done his thing. And right now, it's like, Wade, move out the way, guys. I got you when you need me. Yeah, no, he's, he's really asserting himself. And just, in, in, like I say, he's in the zone right now, and he's feeling it. You look at his numbers. Uh, again, I heard what I was really impressed by is what you guys referenced a few times. I heard you the other night, like, Wade played incredible against, uh, was it Arkansas? Or it was Arkansas or Auburn, and you, you couldn't get over a missed three. That was he me. Kept going back to it, I'm like Nuno. It didn't matter. They won the game. Like oh, but hold on. <laughs> it was See? just he jacked one up. No, no, no. It was it was a great shot. Oh, it was and, in and out. Yeah. But if he makes it, the game is completely yeah, over. Yeah, that was at LSU. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, of course, Yoda's focusing on. But you know, you'd be a good coach. But I wasn't hey, focusing. On it. I'm just game, saying that would have been the dagger. Well, yeah, but you went. We all were like, oh, man, he missed the dagger. He. It's, scored 24, but he missed the dagger. And they, won, they, they were up by 30, and they won by 10, but they let it get down. No, but this is, when you look at Wade, this is a legit. Yeah. He did have, he was turning the ball over early. But he's playing so well right now, and he's so confident and dialed in that he started a game with some struggles and then and still ended up having a great game and being probably the X factor, the, the well, he was the best player on the floor in, in a big road win. Now that's with Kobe Brown looking really good too. He was still yeah, the best Kobe player. Brown was killing it, yeah. and, and Kobe. I mean, just some of those threes he was hitting. You're like, God, man, come on now. But Dexter Dennis is 
what he and Andy Garcia have brought to this team, just defense, toughness, and then in Dennis, shot making. Went, look at him the other day, seven for 15. Hits three, three. Ten double, double machine. He's getting, he's getting 10 boards a game right yeah. now. And just that, that block shot, I know it was first half, but that block shot, here's another thing A&M's been doing. It's been wild, right? Hefner hits that big-time three ball to end the half against Arkansas. And then to start the second half, here comes Wade. Pull up. Bang. Uh, Wade did it again. Uh, he Or Dexter hit. Was it Dexter that hit the three at the end of the half yep. to put him up? Was it 14? And then you come back and really early right in the away. second half, here come here they come again. Yep. I think it was Wade again. I mean, they, they're doing a great job of these swings. And, you know, I played Tecmo Bowl last night, Nuno, with Christian. He, like old Lonnie, school Tecmo Bowl? Yeah, we had a monster Papa Shot challenge at walk-ons, and I, I, was, I didn't win one of the championships. What? It was frustrating. I, I played like crap. The only one that was actually good was Lonnie. Um. Nobody won two championships. I challenged all of them. I said, I'll run the gauntlet. Started with, with uh, Seth. Then I started with Joel Bryan. Beat Joel. Beat C-Rod. And now I'm getting tired, right? No, I beat C-Rod. Then I beat Joel. Had a big lead over Joel so I could relax. Beat Seth into submission. He Roberto Durand it. No mas. He quit midstream. <laughs> So then I got to rest again, and I was rested for the final, and then Lonnie just dusted me. He was well-rested. So that was – but Tecmo Bowl, Christian beat me twice. I was going the wrong way. I can't go left in Tecmo. I got to go right. Why? I don't know. I got to go right. Is your line? I hadn't played in a long time. But I went right and beat him twice with, with Randall Cunningham, QB Eagles. But what I'm getting at is I understand – in all these video games, but especially in Tecmo, when the kickoffs take 40 seconds of clock and the punts take almost like a minute, yeah. you, the end of the half and the start of the, of the third quarter, it's just some, it's a, you have a chance for a massive swing. And even in real life college and NFL sure. football, that's true. But that's also true in, in, in college basketball, man. The, end, the final two minutes of a half, and the first couple minutes coming out of the locker room are such momentum things in the first half, and I think they are such tone setters in the second half. You know, and and A and M has done a great job of that here in these last couple. You know, this this stretch of games right here, they've come out and they've either gotten it closer, like they did against Arkansas or in Auburn, I think, that or they surge, and then they come out in the second half ready to roll. Ready to play, and I've been really impressed with that. It tells me that not only Buzz and his staff are doing a great job of, of adjusting, but also whatever they're saying in the locker room is working, but also the kids get it. Yep. They probably don't have to say a whole lot, and the kids get it. This is what you can say, and we'll, we'll close out with a football question and also um, some baseball. But I, I got a little bit of Aggie football news I'm going to post here later today. Nothing – uh, giant, so I don't want it's not it's not recruiting related. It's not, but uh, a Just little bit of tidbits. interesting, something interesting. But A and M basketball to to put a, a bow on this, they're pretty good at the start of games. Yep, they're pretty good at the end of games. Yep, and they're pretty good, and it's actually better than pretty good. I'm just using that. When the momentum starts changing, they find the left hook to stop the momentum. 
to me, that is who this Aggie basketball team is. Good in the beginning, good at the end, and good when you make your run. Well, and that's where that's how you advance in the tournament. Because mm-hmm. you're gonna no matter who you play, no matter if you're a three seed playing a fourteen, no matter if you're an eight nine, no matter if you're a nine playing a one, whatever or one playing a nine, you better be able to weather stretches where look either you're playing bad ball or maybe you're not and the other team's just playing better basketball than you yeah. and, and we've seen AM do that it happens in the winning team in most basketball games goes goes through that but i can think specifically these last couple games at home against auburn and arkansas where they've really had we talk about at missouri at auburn again they never cut it really below eight um, but the, actually, it's been the home games where they've really had to weather some adversity yeah. and, and come back and win. And the, and the Reed Arena crowd's carried them home. And you can do that again tomorrow night if you get there. Remember, it's a 6 o'clock game, so get there super early. Well, skip I, class. Yeah. Skip class. Get off of work early. Get out to Reed. Well, get I, out to – you know how you get to Reed early? Go to Bluebell for an hour before. Yeah. And by the way, I loved what Slosh said. And then I loved what Buzz said. But Slosh to say, we got a ton of games. We're fine. Go, go okay? watch them. Come out and support us for as long as you want. You were here this weekend. You're going to be here next weekend. You're going to be in Houston. You're damn sure going to be at these SEC games. Go support them. That's a big game. I wish I could be there, too, because yeah. you know he would. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, I, I did want to say this to you, Billy. There are teams around the country that are hoping that A&M gets a very high seed. They do not want to face it. Can you imagine if A&M's a 10 seed, one of those higher seed teams? Like, this is who we got to play in the first round? But, David, I don't care. And that's exactly why I don't care what they're seeded. I don't want eight. And that's, look, this is where they're, to me, they're trending towards an 8-9. Now, if they keep winning, they'll, they'll play. They're already right. They're probably yeah. going to be an 8 per Lenardi, I'll bet. They might already be. But they're going to trend past that if they if they go three, three and one in their last yeah, four, and, yep. and then maybe one and one in the SEC, whatever. They're going to trend past that, and and if uh, if they do that, then you know then I think it's fine. But if they don't do that and they land in that, I don't think they're going to do this either. But if they land in that ten eleven, I don't think that's the worst too. Yeah, they play it. They play a six or a seven, and then they go in. The, in the, if they win that game, they go play what uh, uh, three or four. I don't. I don't. I don't worry about. Like I think, A and M in that tournament this year, there's not much different. And if they're a six, they might get just as tough a draw at an eleven. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's not. It's just about who A and M is. And they can beat anybody right now save, you know, there's, there's three or four, maybe five teams in college basketball that you would say right now today, like, uh, you really don't want to play them. Call it a half dozen, whatever. If you can stay out of that 8-9, then A&M can avoid that for a while. Final segment coming up, Tex-Ax Radio. Let's work some magic here on the final segment, Tex-Ax Radio, presented by David Gordon's <laughs> Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. You see Ant-Man? Yeah, man. That means no. I didn't watch it either. Who do you think I am? I'm going to watch Paul Rudd as a superhero. If I want to see Paul Rudd, I want to see him make silly one-liner jokes in like 
uh, what are those? What's the guy called that does all the movies? Does all the Seth Rogen and oh, Judd yeah, Apatow? Yeah, I I don't give a damn about Paul Rudd unless Judd Apatow he's, he's in one of his movies. He's pretty That's good in, the, in that in that role, Ant Man. I'm not an Ant Man. I don't like a superhero movie about a guy the size of an ant. I get that. I, I it's not. I like I do like like your Avengers. Your uh, I told you why I don't necessarily like Batman. It's too visually dark. I don't but know, I the, all it. of them or this most recent one? Most of them are too... It's just that everything's dark. Can I ask you a question, though? What? I bet you you're on oh, Team Roy dark, May. I bet you're on Team Roy May. I don't know how I've ever been. Well, I work well, for Gay Bach Realty over here. <laughs> what about... All right. Who's the better Batman? Is it Christian Bale or is it Michael Keaton? It's, it's not Bale. Michael Keaton. No, it's Christian Bale. Again, Michael Keaton, if I want to see him, I want to see him in Mr. Mom. Great movie. And and Gung Ho, oh, another one. where he's at the Banger. car dealership yeah. in De- or the Detroit. car manufacturer in Detroit. That's the extent of Michael Keaton for me. Although he was amazing in the other guys, I don't know if I've seen that with one. Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. Oh, he yeah, was yeah, incredible. Yeah. Where he keeps he was, reciting, quoting, uh, in uh, TLC lyrics. He was great. Also, like, why do you keep the McDonald's movie? You see that one where he played like I didn't watch that. I don't like serious Michael Keaton. He played Ray Kroc or whatever. Yeah. I don't like serious Keaton. No. Oh, that, me oh that. American Assassin? He was great. He played I, like I I remember that one vaguely. I did oh, see it. That one okay. On t- okay. What do we got? Uh football question <laughs> for you that came in. Yeah, I, I like uh, that question. This one from a nine seven nine. Billy, any comments on the proposed football I'm rule changes? No back to back timeouts. Clock runs after first downs. Clock okay, runs after. Okay, I'm gonna after. tell you what I hate. I like the no back to back timeouts, okay? I think I'm looking for Ross Dellinger. He posted all of them. I like the no back-to-back timeouts before icing. Okay, fine. That that stuff's silly. If you have three of them and they do, okay, we can get rid of that. Um, I don't mind the clock running after first downs. I think they've screwed it up though to say until the final two minutes before yeah. the half. Because you know what you do when you do that. You've essentially taken away a, a, a actual part of the game that everyone. There's a name for it. It's four-minute offense. Mm-hmm. It is like if you want to assert your will and impose your will at the end of a football game and you get the ball back to preserve a lead with four, five, six minutes left and you just keep moving the chains and you keep moving the chains and there comes that point where you know they hit that first down and you know that game's over with. Like, I I think by well, – I say that now. I completely contradicting myself because it actually helps the four-minute offense. I was going to say. It, it takes away the part of the game that's such the chess match, yeah. I think, which is when to call the timeouts, when to stop it, when does that first down you know, break your back and kill you. And now it's just so much easier, and I don't, I don't like that. I think they should extend that to out to four minutes, and I'm okay with it. Who cares? It's a 30-minute half extended out to four minutes when you start stopping the clock after, you know, after first downs for the offense to be able to, you know, the dramatic finishes are what make college football. And now you're going to, you're going to, you know, diminish the chances. And this whole nonsense, Nuno, about we're doing it for less plays, safety of the players. Less plays to me is the biggest load of crap. Same thing with the seven overtime rule. If you're going to eliminate five plays a game over the course of a season, you think that is really going to make it a safer game for 18 to 22 years to play? Get your ass out of here with that. The problem is it's too late. 
the way Dellinger writes it, when you have a committee of dumbasses meeting for that long that think they're smarter than everybody, and they're tasked with one thing, and that is to change a game, they're going to change it. Congrats to uh, Aggie Rugby beating Texas. Bye.